Recently, I traveled out to Virginia Beach, Virginia, where it just so happened a guy by the name of Kyle DeFore from DeFore Performance was out there doing his own training seminar. Well, after a long day of him teaching CQB, he hopped on his motorcycle, jammed over to my hotel where we cracked a cold one and had quite a long chat. Now, this is a bucket list interview uh, for me. I've been waiting to, to talk to this guy for a very, very long time. In my mind, he's a bit of a living legend. You'll get that as we get into the interview. Um, I think this guy might have more reps as a firearms instructor than any current instructor in the space. Uh, again, you'll find out more about that in a little bit. His history training government and other shooters is more than extensive. So hang in there because we cover a ton of ground and you're not going to want to miss any of it. If you've been listening to the show lately, you've heard me talk about BioPro Plus. It's a non-synthetic alternative to prescription HGH hormone treatments. I get to basically experience the benefits of my own natural HGH, and I don't have to worry about any needles, any doctor appointments, or any weird side effects. The best part about this was is it started working super fast for me. I'm talking days, not weeks, and it's 100% safe. So the process to get BioPro Plus was super easy. I just ordered a 30-day supply of a nighttime and a daytime formula, or morning formula. I hold this stuff under my tongue for about 90 seconds before I swallow it. Right away, I noticed changes. One of the biggest things that came up for me was my recovery time improved. A couple other things I wasn't mad about. My libido went through the roof and my sleep was markedly better. Another downstream benefit of all the things that I mentioned, my body fat continues to, to drop and I haven't really changed that much about my lifestyle, my workouts, or my nutrition program. It's been pretty shocking. Listen, if you're interested in getting started on BioPro Plus, it's super easy. You can go get your 30-day supply by going to bioproteintech.com, or you can simply follow them at bioproteintech and follow the links there. When you get there, use code IRONSIGHTS for $30 off your order. Welcome to Iron Sights After Dark. During my 25 plus years in the fitness industry, I've always been passionate about expanding my physical, mental, and hard skills to be prepared for whatever life might throw at me. From fitness to firearms and beyond, taking a holistic approach to being prepared has led me on a journey to seek and share both knowledge and skills from expert resources in the civilian, LEO, military, and first responder communities. The mission of this podcast is to help others expand their capabilities and knowledge of preparedness while building strength in the community that shares similar goals and values. So ultimately, we contribute together and grow together. So we just did the cheers. We missed that because I forgot to hit the record button. But we're sitting here in uh, Virginia Beach. I happen to be in the same area at the same time as uh, my very special guest today, Kyle DeFore. Kyle, welcome to the Iron Size Podcast, my dude. Thank you very much. I'm so stoked to have you. Like This was like moon, sun, and stars <laughs> lining up for yeah. us. We when, <laughs> when you emailed me, you said, well, I was like, man, I'm going to be doing this trip. And you're like, well, I got to go to this trip. And I was like, wait, we're in the same city. Yeah, where are you going? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it worked out good, man. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Uh, I mean, I'll say this, and without you know, at risk of, I guess blowing you up too much. I've known about you for a long time and my, my interest in you, uh, as a, as an instructor 
has it goes deep because I think there's a, a lot of parallels between kind of how your career went from a coaching perspective and mine did in the fitness industry. Yeah. And so comparing, you know, and contrasting what those careers are and what you, what you've, you've done versus what I did, it's not comparable, but I just think the pathway, and we're going to get into this a little bit. So I'm so pumped to dig into kind yeah. of the, 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 the journey that you've been on yep. and the fact that you're still doing it. Um, and kind of where you fit into this mix, if you will, of all these instructors in a, in a fast and furiously moving industry that is, doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. And it won't for a long, long time. No, no, it's, uh, it's definitely, it's, it's good, man. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've done a, a decent job of not having a real job <laughs> and I think uh, my whole life. So, um, and I think me and you are probably about the same age. Yeah, so right, you exactly. probably started your thing about the same time that I started mine. But, um, yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on here. I, uh, man, you got, you, you're a serious podcast. Iron Sights <laughs> is no joke, man. I was like, I, was, I, was, I scrolled, you know, and I was like, I listened to a little bit of one cause I wanted to kind of get the feel for it, but I'm kind of so I'm busy, but, um, yeah, man, thank you for having me. This is real. I mean, this is legit, man. I, I appreciate it. it. Sounds a little weird to hear. I gotta be honest, you know, kind of <laughs> given where the, the roots came from and kind of what we've been doing and how we've been handling it. But I, uh, I'll, I say it on every show. I'm blessed and I feel privileged to be able to be in a position to sit in front of guys like you and, and talk shop and all kind of the, all the stuff that we, we, we talk about. And it's weird to think, you know, my, how this has happened for me on my journey along the way and what we, where it started and where it is now. And on, just, it's a little surreal. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah. So. And you know, we were talking earlier about voices you have. See, I can hear it now. You got the big voice. <laughs> you got the big podcast voice. And I'm like, God, I, I don't listen to my own shit, TV, anything. Mm-hmm. I never listen to anything I've been on. But like right now, these headphones are driving me crazy. I'm like, God, I can't stand how I sound. But, you yeah. know, what's weird about that is I had a really big problem with it when I started. And I, there was, it'll sound narcissistic, but anybody that does this long enough, I, you know, and I've talked to a lot of people that have, you got to listen back. And it was so hard for me to oh, listen yeah. back, like, to, to cut out the ums and... Well, you got to edit, so... Yeah, so there's yeah. all of that. There's there's all that, and I have a I have an amazing team. Shout out to my boy Eli at A482 Media that, 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 that makes me sound and look good and puts all the stuff together you guys see out there after the fact. But um, yeah, it's a... It, it it was really outside my comfort zone to like be on camera or be talking on the interesting because if you look at so like and I didn't have any social media until I'm gonna say like 2017 our we expanded our gym that's the business right, okay at the yeah, end yeah. Of this and we went from like having like. 2,000 square feet to having 6,000 square feet and had to fill it up and like fuck we better get on this Instagram game uh-huh. right and so we started to do them like okay how do we do this without me having to be on it. Cause I, you know, putting a camera in front of my face and talking to it, mm-hmm. you know, in any situation just felt really weird. Yeah. So I remember back in the day, you know, before Instagram and Facebook, or maybe around the time they were coming about, you know, I did a couple of TV shows. I mean, we can talk about the, you know, the getting into it, but mm-hmm. when I was at B-Dub and, um, the first TV show I ever did, it was real high production. And I mean, this, like the light, I mean, at first you're just like, <laughs> right. You know, it was so overwhelming. Right. And, and there's some of that you had to watch back. And it, that's the first time you hear yourself like on professional audio and you're like, Oh my God. Right. Same. I'm like, man, this is horrible. Same. But it, it's also, I got to tell you one thing on shooting and I know we'll get into it. That was the first time. And that would have been like late aughts. Okay. Middle, late aughts where, um, 
they were using high speed cameras in some of the shooting. Oh, okay. And literally having us put bullets past the camera because on the high speed camera, I think I forget how many frames per second you, you can, can see the rotation of the round, right? It was the first time that I realized that sometimes I don't shoot with both eyes open. Oh yeah. Just watching yourself. Well, back. because you're watching the, I mean, you get to see it real time and, right. and I'm like, Ooh, you know, like <laughs> yeah. depending on the size of target and, you know, irons, uh, dot magnification, all right. these different things. I was like, sometimes I got a little squint going on there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry yeah. to digress. No, no, no. You're not digressing at all. It's just an interesting, again, these are things you learn over time, taking the reps yeah. and, and that's going to be a, a huge theme. I think for this particular episode, as we get into some of the questions that I have for you today, um, and the amount of reps that you've taken and how you've taken them and who you've taken them with and all the things that come along with that. And so that's actually a really great segue into this, if I'm being honest. The, I guess for, so the social media thing, in, in my own story, right, Ooh. and not wanting to be involved with it, but really wanting to put, look, if we're going to put content out, I, I'm going to be really picky about what goes out there. Like, I want to make sure we're providing value, number one. Number number two, I don't want to be trying to sell something every time I get on the the the, the thing, right? So, which is interesting because what I just said was, yeah, but I got to now fill the gym with people that I didn't have because I had all this extra square footage and blah, blah, blah. So how do you do that without, um, how do you, how do you get on and not try and sell when that's really what you're trying to do? Right. And so it's, it was tough. About, it's, it's hard. Well, it was at the time, cause I certainly didn't have it figured out. I mean, I missed the whole, I mean, like you said, we're the same age. Like I did, I did none of the Squarespace stuff. I missed no. the whole Facebook thing until I actually opened the business in 2010. And a guy's like, dude, you, you gotta be on Facebook. I'm like, what the fuck is Facebook, man? Yeah. And so then that happened and I was really resistant, like internally resistant to it. Um, just didn't want to get involved with it. I just saw like, it was like, what, who wants to fucking see what I ate for lunch today right. you know, or any of that stuff and, and whatever. And I didn't want to put the family up there and all that stuff. It was just weird. So like I was a late adopter of the whole thing. And so, um, you know, when I look at, you know, how people are putting the social media together now and the instructors that are doing mm-hmm. a really good job of it, they almost don't know a world where that social oh, media you, thing doesn't exist. You've got a generation that, that grew up with it subconsciously as kids. Whereas we, you know, like I, I, I've been doing it long enough to where the only thing you had at first was a Google blog, right? Uh, Facebook came along. It took it a year or two of traction for people to go, Hey, you should get a Facebook page. Facebook was King for a long time until Instagram came along. And then of course, Instagram. And I, I would tell people like, you know, if you're getting, if you think about, if you're listening to this, thinking about getting into the business of any business, I don't care if you're slinging asphalt or cutting grass, you, you, if you, there's ways to track the analytics, like any, if you got an e-commerce store, which all of us have to have nowadays for, for getting payment, it'll tell you 80% of sales came from Instagram and you're like, Oh, I hate that. I I mean, it's mind boggling. And you have to swallow that and you have to go, okay, well, if you're going to play, then you've got, you've got to play that game. Cause it's not, there's definitely been some dudes who were, not quick to come over to that and it hurt them, you know? And, uh, and I'm not saying you got to be an Instagram expert, uh, but you have to, it is a part of our lives nowadays, just like phones. It's just the way it is. I mean, you know, like think of our, our great grandparents, you know, when a car came along, 
Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like, so, what well, is I'm this gonna ride, I'm going to keep riding my yeah, horse. Right. Was old Betsy out there? Yeah. I got, a few I'm, more years, I'm going to keep riding my horse. Well, well, at some point, you know, right. you know, you got to switch over, man. You got to do it. You just got to accept it. Yeah. So I, in, in doing that, like you see, again, it's interesting that that was not a game that you were playing, Mm-mm. you know, for a long, long time. So going back to the, like, how do I know about, about Kyle? Well, I know about Kyle mostly through YouTube, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and then, but but I wouldn't have gotten there without the recommendations from the people that I really respect in the industry. Um, so that's humbling. Yeah. And so the, the reality of that is, is there are other dudes that do what you're doing now that haven't been doing it nearly as long as you've been doing it, but look to you as an example to do what they're doing. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So I've done a little bit of mentoring. Yeah. So I try to make a point of it now, you know, I'm at that point in my life. So. Well, I think like the humbling, maybe the humbling part is, and I think this is the best part about it is, is that the guys, these guys are giving credit where credit is due. And that's, yeah. that's, um, that's not as easy to come by as it maybe used to be in the past. Uh, because it's very easy for people to just kind of rip something off from somebody else because they saw it on a YouTube yeah. video or on Instagram or whatever else, or they heard it in a class and they start calling it their own when they don't really know the origins of it. Right. Um, but they're somehow they own it now. And yeah. And that to me, I've watched that happen in other industries and things like that. And it never really works out that long. So here's the here's the things to, to kind of set the stage because I want to talk a little bit about your ba- or a lot about your background. In, in, in the journey that you take, you've gotten to get here, but or taken to get where we're at. But this is the this is the thing that for listeners that may not know you um, or aren't, uh, let's just say, as aware of you know where you're coming from and and where this conversation is go to. I'm just going to set the stage with this. When I look out there today, Instagram, right, which is the, the G, was where we live there. We live there, right? When I, when I look out there, most instructors that are doing really well. Um, and that's not everybody. I just, that's not everybody, but most instructors that I think are doing really well. When I say really well to qualify that, I mean, they have a legitimate business that they're running. Number two, they're they're in the pool. They're in it. Holding a 45 pound plate in the deep end with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I'm not saying like, I'm saying like, I'm, I'm, I'm obsessive about it. That's, and that's my, whereas we do know there's some people with seeing with their toe, how, yeah. How cold is the water? Yeah. Because they've got another job. Right. Right. Or or this has been a hobby they're trying to turn into a job. You said something interesting earlier about like, um, you, you know, you've never had a real job in your life. So this is the thing, right? Like this is a real job. This is how you put food on the table. This is how you feed the family. Um, and this is, this is something that you take to, uh, other people that make a living with a gun, um, so that they can provide food for their family and come home every night. And that's, that's legit, right. Versus, Hey, I have a hobby. I'm out on the, you know, I can be out on the range because I got another, I'm, ma- I'm getting checks from somewhere. Right. Somebody's paying me something or, I, you know, I'm very fortunate somehow more power to you and you're putting out great content and it's not, there's nothing wrong with that content. No. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. I'm just saying it's not the same uh, as you legitimately, legitimately running a business. And the compare and contrast is this. Most people that are in that pool with that 45 pound plate over their head, treading water and are doing it well, or kind of looking around like, who's going to be the first one to drop off because oh, yeah. it, it ain't me. Most of those guys are somewhere in like the three to five year mark in yeah. terms of their business and their business right. growth from the inception till now. That's almost like the, almost a senior population to a certain extent. And in, and I, a lot of these guys have sort of, let's just say, been out of the military or law enforcement for about that long. And so they're looking for, Hey, I maybe, 
I still got something. Yeah. I still want to yeah. provide and I still want to contribute. And so they turn it into this. Um, versus you, who you've been doing this almost, I think we did the math, like 18 years or close to 18. 18 years. Just yeah. three times the amount of time that a lot of other people have. Yeah. Now, devil's advocate could say, well, that just means this dude's an old dude and he's, he's just teaching fast old anymore. shit. Right? He can't hit nothing. This is old school, old yeah. school stuff that he, he's <laughs> going to continue to put out. You can look at it that way or you can look at it as this guy's had more reps than 99% yeah. of the guys that are out there. And he's done it in front of, and here's the thing that the reps get you and I'll shut up. But the things that, this is what really trips me out. Um, the things that the reps get you are you get to be put back in front of people constantly that you've trained year over year over year, not necessarily like continuously. Like you may have trained them yeah. for, you know, a few, uh, a few courses in this year and three years later, they come back to you for more or for an update. They get to tell you what they're seeing out there in the field, what's working for them, what isn't what they really need help with. So you get to evolve along with them. And so you've seen this like cycling of people coming through, which I think is, that's really intriguing to me because yeah. you have a totally different insight than, than people are only just seeing people for the first time as instructors. And they're going, shit, these guys got a lot to learn. Yeah. Um, but you don't know where they've necessarily come from. Yeah, sure. And as a, as a coach, that's good job security for you, right? Because now that yeah. you, you could be like you, you could turn this into more than just right. a hobby. So anyhow, again, I this is about you, but I wanted to put that out there for the people that are listening that don't really know you yeah. and why I think it's so important that you listen to what Kyle has to say because it isn't just an old dog who's tr teaching old tricks. <laughs> this is a dude that's taught new tricks, on new tricks that became maybe old tricks that he had to had to adopt new things to. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm interested to hear about that. So I usually start this with, dude, you start and finish wherever you want, but let's talk about your journey and how you got to where you're at, man. So, um, I mean, the quick, the, the quick down and dirty, um, you know, Southern race kid in Alabama shooting was just, and then, and there very well could be people listening to this that are like, I mean, I'm telling you, it was like a normal thing. Like you would grab your 22, you grab your 410, you go out back because I lived on a farm and you just shoot stuff, you know, cans, whatever, targets, you know, so guns have always been just a thing. Um, I came in the military, uh, did about a dime in the military, about 10 years, um, you know, got some good real world experiences in that, um, that, that can can definitely have little addendums to some of the tactics, especially, you know, like this week I'm doing a, you know, straight tactics class for, for the mill. But, um, after that, uh, I was at the 10 year mark sitting around and I'm like, okay, you know, uh, I'd actually done, I never really, you know, I kept extending to stay in the military and, uh, to, to, to do a deployment and come back and did another deployment, blah, blah. And so, uh, you know, kind of, kind of go time, stay 20, get out. You're at 10. And actually I was a little over 10. So, um, got out, um, essentially immediately went to work at Blackwater. Okay. Um, so that's where the kind of, that's where it started. I think, I think as far as like, uh, for me learning, you know, and to be quite honest, got there and realized that 
I'm not as good as I thought I was. You mean get, when you get to Blackwater? Yeah. Instructor? yeah. <laughs> like, Especially when we started putting the big numbers through there. You know, this would have been, so by the time I get out of the mill and start there, it's 2005. Late 04, early 05. Okay, so let's time out on the Blackwater thing because I, there's there's a lot of people that are entering this space that may have heard about it. They may know about like Nostor Square and the incident yeah, that Yeah, sure, there. sure. So, But I, I don't know. I would be willing to bet that people go, oh yeah, Blackwater. Yeah, I've heard of that. But they don't really know exactly what Blackwater was and what it was doing at the time that you're talking about. Can right. you expand on that a little yes. bit? Yes. So Blackwater, you know, I would say at this point, it's almost become an urban legend and, and there's a lot of misconstrued information. So Blackwater was a company formed by Eric Prince, former SEAL. Uh, we were at teammate around the same time. I didn't really know him that well. You know, he was an officer. Don't, you know, don't, you're not whatever. really dealing yeah, with I'm that. Yeah, I'm not dealing with that. I'm a new guy. Um, Blackwater had multiple entities there's the training department, firearms and tactics. That's what I was a part of. All we do is train people at the facility in Moyoc, uh, North Carolina. Um, you've got Blackwater overseas, the contracting, the guys who are, uh, you know, adjuncting with, you know, the government in, or the military in some space of being a security some guard, other government agency, whatever, you know, right. some level of um, something. At that time, you had Blackwater targets. They made steel targets. They made, you know, et cetera. So you had a bunch of different aspects to it. I had nothing to do with the overseas stuff. Um, all I did was the training. Now, uh, to put it in context for the listener, you know, in the those golden years, 05 to 08-ish, late 04 to, 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 to essentially, like you said, Nasir Square, which I believe was in 09. I believe that was spring of 09. And that was a shooting that happened with the Blackwater contractors overseas. Very controversial. You know, I would I would call that the end of Blackwater right. time. I mean, everybody pretty much of the ag- end. Yeah. agrees with that, and that yeah. was the end, in my opinion, of even the training part that I was a part of because it's such a bad reputation. But between when I got there and between Nassau Square, at, at there were times we're doing seven hundred students a week, and a wow. lot of people cannot wrap their mind around that. Yeah, I'm talking about. You know, four hundred students a week, normal. I mean, we figure this: we built a hotel on property, we built a chow hall on property. We had multiple um, storage areas for ammo that military approved. Um, it, you know, it, it was not an unusual deal for you to do a thirty-man class. Now, obviously, you're not by yourself. You got another one or two guys with you, but big numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, massive. And who are these guys? Like, who are these people coming through? Almost all military, because what, what you're finding there is that. So now, you know, it's not the beginning of Afghanistan. It's 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 not the beginning of Iraq. It's those middle early middle years, and the bottom line is we could do it cheaper than the army could train themselves and we faster, could, and cheaper and faster. And plus, you're looking at a lot of us had had GWAT time, you know, whether the one deployment or two deployments or five deployments or whatever it might be. There was be. experience, so we had the experience to know enough about what we were training them for, and and we could Blackwater could do it cheaper and. And faster, and you know, when you look at all encompassing Blackwater, and I think Eric, I've, I, I'm sure he's done this on interviews before. Pretty much everything he did, he could do cheaper and faster than the military could. And I, I would, I would argue that almost all the time it was better. Um, you know, we had a lot of influence on a lot of early tactics that were kind of not tactic. I would say techniques, actually, not tactics that that we, we were like, this is not going to work there. <laughs> Like yeah. I was there a year ago. It's not going to work, you know. And but the guys that they were they were learning from, I would imagine, in the army, the Marines, right, wherever, uh, the Navy, 
the instructors that they're getting this instruction from hadn't actually been through these experiences yet. Well, I or hadn't had enough time. I think like, I think you weren't on the full cycle yet. That's I what think I mean. they've deployed. They're not back in they're the leadership back. or yes. training role yet. Right. So that the ship hasn't turned. Right. They haven't been able to turn that ship of. Well, this is what the training needs to look like, and we need to reinvent right. this thing for right a now. As soon as those guys are getting back, and and then of course, you know, just I mean, this was started at the beginning of the war. Guys get injured, guys get shot. They need a rest and recovery. Right. You know, guys have been going hard for two or three years. He needs to chill for a minute. He goes to training, and by that point, you know, that's kind of when we were Blackout were settling down a little bit. But um, massive numbers that I saw. I mean, like just crazy. I mean, really a good place to be. And I can't, I've told this to people before. It's, it was the best place. If you're going to be a professional shooter, a professional shooting instructor, it was the greatest intro to it that could ever be. And it'll never exist again. I'll tell you that right now. It'll never happen again. So that's, what's intriguing about this is this was kind of a, like a golden age for a very short period of time, it was like the the, the dawn of industrialization, uh-huh. where things got so advanced so quickly, and it was so innovative for for that period of time because it needed to be. And then things change as things mm-hmm. inevitably do. But you're talking about 700 a week, so and then, I mean that was a high end. It yeah, could be 300, it could be 400. Or still, I oh, mean, it's crazy. Still, talk to an instructor now, and how many students do they see a week? maybe 50 if they're doing a good job. Oh, you know, that's, if, that'd be unusual. If they're doing three classes a week and then right, those classes right. have, you know, 15 to 20 in there, uh, right. you know, a class or something like that. I mean, so we're going back to the reps thing and we're going back to what you're seeing oh, yeah. and, and, and how quickly you have to evolve your training and what that, what those reps give you from a coaching experience perspective. So I'm wondering with the, with this, 300 to 700 a week and just pause for a second if you guys can hear the we're, we're literally in the f-18 flight yeah, path right, uh, right oceana now. yeah the sound we, right. we call the sound of freedom here yeah, yeah that's exactly it's great we were sitting at breakfast this morning big chinook just kind of cruised past us <laughs> there's no just, telling what you might see here. yeah it's, it's amazing that's <laughs> yeah, it's great uh, a lot of patriots here too man which is good to see oh yeah a little different than where we came from <laughs> out in california but um uh the the Let's talk about how that what's going on with the training while you're doing this. So it's, let's say 300 to 700 people a week. What are you teaching them? Oh man, that's pistol, carbine, uh, scoped rifle, CQB, breaching, um, non-explosive for the most part. So uh, you know everything but explosive. We did do some explosive breaching because a lot of us were breachers where we came from. Uh, driving. Uh, I was never a driver instructor. I didn't ever do that, but but a lot of them are coming for that big portion are going for that. Uh, Low-vis stuff, you know, and again, like that whole, the whole concealed carry thing. I mean, I was doing that, low, you know, we were starting that low-vis thing when we didn't even know what low-vis was, and there sure as hell weren't any appendix carry holsters, I can tell you that. Is that right? Oh, no. Wow. Well, no. Um, that might have just blown people's minds. I mean, minds. it was probably, oh gosh, I would say 06-ish was when the first appendix just, carry started coming out. You carrying know? on the three o'clock, everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jacket, you know, just total shit show. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, back then you thought you were cool, but nowadays you're like, oh, my I God. mean, we're laughing, but we're talking I know. about, like, like that's It's interesting because, evolution. you know, the appendix carry thing, I've, uh, you were mentioning before we started, like, some guys don't know where stuff came from. A lot of people don't know the guy who made appendix carry famous in the industry. I don't know who that is. I'll tell you. His name's Todd Green. He's okay. dead. He did. He died. He passed away. He had cancer. Um, Todd was a was an interesting cat. He he came to one of my classes. Uh, I mean, I got along with the guy. Didn't have a problem with a lot of people. You know, it's kind of controversial or whatever. I think it was controversial because 
maybe he <laughs> he called out people's bullshit maybe a little bit, but he was the first guy that was actually really projecting appendix carry back when it was um you know custom carry concepts and Garrity leather those are the two that okay. were making appendix rigs out of leather back in the day I do and, remember and, I remember yeah, seeing those on the shelf the you store. know and the clips were horrible yeah. you know we God forbid we thought back then to put a Syak Kali clip on it. It was we a little steel clip, oh, almost yeah, was, like what you have on your pocket knife. Yeah, yeah, you kind of had to make sure like you didn't draw too hard. It might come off, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was the guy who got that going, you know? like Okay. And it took, um, you know, it took a lot of us to go, hey, knock on the head. This is the easier way to hide shit. Right. You know? I just find it funny because, um, you know, I, don't, I can't remember when he passed away, but... Uh, there's a lot of guys, they have no idea. Yeah, know? I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, I mean they've just... come up to me and been like, hey, man, that Raven holster, you know, I'm like, dude, I didn't invent a penis carry. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It's so funny. I, um, I was just talking to another guy, one of my, one of my buddies, uh, Joe Dawson, who's a real nerd about the history on things, particularly right. firearms, like understanding, like, what was this made for? Where did it come from? Yeah. Who invented it? How did this even come about? Like, why was this even a thing? So then when it comes to, understanding it you understand it at the deepest level and then you know if you're teaching it you happen to be in a position to be able to teach it give people context to how it evolved or where it came from or why it was done why it's done differently not just well we do this because this is how it's always been right. done there's a there's a story behind it and i think that's that can be important but it's it's also there's value in that story because there's usually a lot of application that went into it to getting there. Yeah. And so it's interesting because most people just be like a penning scare. I didn't even know there was anything else. Yeah. And you, you know? can go further back than that. I mean, if, if, if I want to bore you real quick, I mean, they were, there were guys, there was a, there was a holster called a midnight. I think it was a midnight special. Yeah. And I can't remember the guy who came up with it. Um, there were some USPSA guys screwing around with that stuff late seventies, early eighties, okay. but you know, you're talking about one-offs. Um, but the, if people Google the midnight special, I believe that's what it was called. I'm having a little bit of a brain fart. Uh, I'll tell you another good example of it. Uh, me and you know Miami Vice. From yeah, the of 80s. course, man. I mean, of course, Crockett. Crockett and Tubbs. <laughs> long live Crockett. Um, there is an episode and there was a USPSA shooter named Jim. I can't, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Maybe Zumbaina. If you if people Google it, they start Googling Miami Vice, Jim Zumi, Z-U-B something. The Google food. They, they, they'll figure it out. There's a great scene in Miami Vice, and this would have been 84, 85. And he does an appendix draw and a failure drill on one of Crockett and Tubbs' friends. Oh, uh, okay. And it is super famous. And I have had, in my journey of 18 years, I've gotten to talk to guys who worked on the set with Michael Mann. <laughs> and they're like, hey, dude, that's not sped up. That that's legit. Okay, and uh, I I'm think, have to go back and look. And if you go to Google Pact Timer, P A C T, uh-huh. Pact Timer, I think has a video on their YouTube where they've actually timed it, and it's it's legit. I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, so 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 like a pinnick scary, like basically been done since early eighties. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. I think Miami Vice, like I think fucking Miami Vice was on way past my bedtime at that age. Did like, matter though. It did matter. Anyways, but that I mean that's that that that. I love the side trip there because it really gives some some uh, texture to kind of where this conversation is going. Because if we get back to the Blackwater training and all the things you just you just rattle off about six or seven things that are being trained out there, and you're doing the firearms instruction piece of this, right? I, I was but doing breaching too and sniper stuff because you have to, right? Right, because that's what they need. And so, my I guess my question is is like, how organized was this? Like, 
How did um, what, how did the curriculum come together? I mean, what? <laughs> so that's a that's a very you know, and and that's why I was telling you not to blow smoke on you. But I told you before we started going live, you ask good questions, and those are like, <laughs> I mean, we invented it. We, we there you just there, had to come up with it on the right on like the, back then like when I was coming up in the military when you go go to a shooting school there's no curriculum it's some pro shooter who's like oh well, let's do this you know there's no right now I mean and that's fine probably for small units that are a little bit more experienced but we had to you know statement of work in the contract was you have to provide curriculum so we're sitting there a bunch of knuckle dragging dudes <laughs> you know me I'm like single finger in a yeah <laughs> enter you know um, so. We developed that curriculum, and and that's another thing rep-wise where, you know, people now with me, if they come to me, I'm at the full, I'm at the apex of this as far as cutting out all the bullshit. I know what matters because once you start typing it out and, and you're like, oh God, why are we typing? Why are, why are we even telling anybody this? Yeah, yeah. why are we telling people? That, fuck this. Yeah, you cut know? the fat, man. Well, then the curriculum gets fine-tuned. You're cutting the fat. You're trimming the fat. The curriculum gets better. And it got to the point where once we started getting so many contracts, you know, and, and at first there's four of us, four full-time guys, me and three others. Well, then there's eight, hmm. then there's 12. So now this has to be 15, replicated. Yeah. Then there's 20, then there's 25. Well, now we're at a point where we literally started hiring professional writers. They, they were there at Wet Blackwater in the building. Oh, okay. We would just go in and dictate curriculum, and these ladies were amazing. I mean, like, just it well, that's right. what they do for a living, right. and it's it, that was impressive to watch them do that. And you know, they, you know, us, we're like, we screwed up a word, it should, or a phrase, or whatever. We got to go back there, like, oh, I can dunsky, it. it's done in thirty seconds, you know. So that's kind of how that that started. So it's a, it's a very fast evolution, right? Oh and, my god, it was wide open, and it I'm was, sure. Like I, I have to imagine again, you're bringing on another instructor and another instructor. You're, you're like doubling your instructors, doubling, like, tripling, yeah, which just, means you're bringing on that much more talent. And oh, there were some serious players there back so, in the day. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm saying. Like, so now you're, you're, you're in the room with these serious players, right? Like, yep. Versus, you might get in the room with a couple of serious players if you went to a specific school in the military or right. a specific school, maybe in law enforcement right. or whatever else, or some other government agency, blah, blah, you know, whatever. You're in the room with who every, I got to imagine. So the, I got to imagine all the top players want to come to Blackwater right? oh, yeah. Be, because cause you're getting paid. It's a pretty good gig. And it it's sounds like to me, like real good gig. you almost have like an open checkbook. And you're getting all this autonomy to do the things that you know need to get done versus being hamstrung. You just said how the, the thing started evolving. You're cutting the fat and you're really yeah. giving people the, the meat and potatoes, so to speak. But it, it, it allows you to evolve things at the pace that you probably saw or were frustrated that things didn't evolve faster when you were in your previous oh, life, yeah. right? Where you're Absolutely. Just like, Fuck, why does it take six weeks to teach somebody what it could take two weeks to right. teach them? You know, you know Army Jump School is a great example what, of that. You that know, that so everybody, a lot. everybody yeah. in the military is like, you know, and, and, and you know, there's, there's pieces of airborne school, and I'm talking about static line, that, you know, it's three, it's three to four days now for certain people. It's not three weeks. It only took, but it only took fucking 50 years for it to get right. that way, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so we were, we were good at that. And, 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 you know, anybody that, that if you, if you're asking that question, you already know the answer that when you've got a bunch of people doing that, well, you know, what ends up happening is now everybody starts performing better on the actual shooting. 
because you've got nothing else to do. Right. You don't have a side job. Oh, you mean as the instructor? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, like performance is going off the charts. I mean, and you got to remember back then, there's the red dots are not a thing in the pistols. It's all irons, right? Uh, we're not, there's no LPVOs back then. I mean, I helped bring that in years later, but, you know, so we're basically red dots unmagnified on the carbine. Um, but, but it's just unlimited ammo. Oh, unlimited dude. weapons, whatever like, it is you the want. The way that I had it when I was in charge of everybody there is you got, we would give you a vehicle. Okay. Uh, most guys would choose, believe it or not, a minivan or <laughs> okay. a Cherokee. Um, it's just, you know, no plates on it. It, it just didn't ever lease property. Okay. Because the property's so damn big. Oh, so you just throw your shit in it and go. Two 50, 50 cal ammo cans in the back, completely full of 5.56 five, and 9 mil all the time, period. <laughs> in. Sounds like heaven. It, it's like there's no at a certain point and i've told this guy to guys before at a certain point man if you're not master class oh yeah you know, for id we were doing idpa back then because i don't really know why i think i was i was not really i, I think we were more you know early 2000s and mid 2000s we were more like it's kind of more real i mean if i had to do it over again i would have done stock production uspsa but um you know we did idpa but you know you had to make master on on classifiers like, or we weren't, we were just like, dude, like, so, so that's actually an, another good question. Um, with regard to, I guess the curriculum and what a standard was or what a qualifier was, how did, how was that decided? Were you guys, again, were you guys, do you guys have basically carte blanche to make this up or were you trying yeah. to go comparatively to whatever was required in the military and then step it up by a plus two or something like that? What was, how did all that work? So we would round table it. Um, and we had a couple of guys come in who were actively on the IDPA circuit at the time who were both masters. I think one of them might've been a GM. If there was GM back there, I can't remember so long ago, back before they had everything on a computer. Um, we would round table it and we would come up with and that was probably around that time where we were like, look, you know, and, and you see this a lot. I don't want to, I don't want to fast forward too much in our conversation yeah. about the new instructors and what you see now. Yeah. But even back then you would see things that people are like, this is what you need to be able to do. And it's like, well, it's doable, but you're going to have to give the guy some warm up. You know, he's going to have, it's not going to be cold. Okay. You know, and, and God forbid that guy comes off a rifle class and now you're putting him on pistol. <laughs> you, you know, it's just not going to happen. So we tried to make it really common sense for that. Um, I used uh, the Hackathorn standards a lot because I thought as a 60 round shooting test, and of course, coming from the military, all the shooting tests are 60 rounds. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty decent pistol standard. I mean, the test is the test. You could score, you know, it's 300. You could score 100. You know, we liked 275. Okay. You know, we're like, if 275, but what we made guys do down there is you had to shoot 275 with four different pistols. Okay. This so, is a different story. Way different story because, you know, grip angle on a Glock compared to a SIG. Way different. Because uh, back then we're, we're doing a lot of instruction on 228s and 226s, and astronomically different. Trigger pull, DASA, and so we had to do- Because these are the government-issued- Firearms. Back then, armies, Army and Marines are carrying Beretta 92Fs. So which, that's what you're training. That's what you're training. Uh, bone stock. We don't we do not do anything to them. And then... Uh, so as an instructor, you got to know all those firearms. You got to be... Oh, yeah. You got to be as good as anybody. You can't. But, yeah. Okay. There's no showing up to a, to a, you know, class for, you know, the SEAL team guys. They're carrying a 226 and you're shooting your Glock. I mean, that's not... Uh, yeah, it's probably not ported and stippled and red dots and... <laughs> Stippling, interest. We, we started the. I mean, I don't, don't want to say we started it. We kind of popularized stippling. Is that right? Yeah. 
with soldering irons yeah. in the office. Just I mean, to, yeah, I was just going to say, like in the in the apartment or yeah, in the hotel yeah. after. Um, I, I again, there's so much, there's so much happening there, and I'm I'm just as a coach, I'm thinking about like how cool that is that you get to do all that stuff, right? And and have exposure to all these things. Again, there's like a, a blank checkbook at the same time. It's like, yeah. well, if this is what the guys need, then this is what we need to give them. We know we can do it cheaper than the military can, right. so they're going to come to us anyway. Let's figure this shit out. And another thing that a lot of guys that are that are newer now in the industry that they don't realize is that, you know, like a guy's the hot up-and-coming thing, and he gets a job with the Army. Mm-hmm. Well, you can thank all those dudes that worked with me at BW because we're the ones that paved that road to make that there. It was very difficult for the military to hire outside people back then, especially when you look at impact card purchases and things like that. And we kind of, we got that to where it was easier to the point it is now where it's basically fire and forget. You know, I think it's interesting also that you are referencing, you know, the IDPA stuff and that you were going to the professional shooters uh, and guys from that were teaching were, were, becoming professional shooters during that time. I think there's, there's probably some stuff we should talk about there and kind of how your career evolved and maybe how you were doing that too. But people now are hearing a lot about USPSA because it's very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, well, it's uh, most available. Popular, yeah, yeah, it's very most, popular. Most it's very popular available. I mean, you can find a match anywhere, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. accessible. Sorry, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. It's very accessible to everybody. And people are hearing about this, and they're 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 hearing how important it is to go out and compete, to test yourself outside of the flat range at paper at seven yards or whatever, and moving around, having to make decisions and things like that. I, I couldn't agree more that it's important to do that to test yourself. And those, where do the fundamentals break down when you when mm-hmm. you're under pressure and all those kind of things? Here's my point. My point is, is I think a lot of people are hearing that now not understanding that this didn't just start. This isn't something no. that's come up in the last three to five years with the popularity of USPSA or IDPA. This, this stuff's been around for a very, very long time. It's just recently been more popular, popularized, likely because of the social media Absolutely. behind it. And there's money to be made, let's be honest, yeah. right? In, in the association or whatever else versus before it was a little obscure. Yeah, it was odd. I mean, it was not, it, it, it was... It was just not a, it was not a thing. thing. I I think, and and, and even to this day, I think a lot of the, you know, somebody like me where I'm at nowadays, I mean, if I'm going to take a weekend off or a day Saturday off to go shoot a match, I mean, you know, I could be teaching a class. I could be making money, spending money. Um, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at nowadays. I mean, I don't think I would tell everybody that at some point you need to go down the competition route. Uh, I don't, I don't, know that you need to stay in it for years and, 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 you know, but you'll learn a lot about how to steal time. You'll learn a lot about what matters and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look at high level USPSA guys, I mean, the shooting is one thing, but a, a big, a big part of that's stage development and movement. And, mm-hmm. and that's like, that's a totally different ball game. You know, I mean, right now, if I, I'm not even going to be in the, the same wheelhouse as any of those guys as I haven't ran a stage in years, mm-hmm. um, you know, besides something I set up on the range, but you know, there, there's a difference between just shooting something and then, you know, doing working that a problem, game, working and a problem, that, yeah. that problem in that game is serious. And the guys that do it the best, I mean, that's what they are very good at. I mean, there's guys now, which is interesting enough. All they do, they do classes on, mm. well, I'm going to teach you how to run stages in USPSA. I right. mean, that's what their classes are. And I mean, I would highly suggest people go to that if that's your game. So this this circles things back to how specialized things have gotten, 
right? So oh, now you yeah. go, now you have instructors that literally have the ability to say, I'm only going to teach this thing. Yep. Specialists. We call them specialists. I mean, I, most of us in the industry call them specialists. Yeah. So you, you, it's like sports anymore. Like when yeah. I was a kid, we all played everything. We played soccer. We played basketball. We played baseball. We, you did this all year long. You, you transitioned from, from thing to thing. You were even in the Boy Scouts and you were on the swim team too. You did two things. Nowadays, you can't do any of that. It, you know, like yep. if you're going to play baseball, you play baseball. Year round. You play year round and you play on this team with these guys. And, you know, you want to be in this league because it's the most competitive and it gives you the best shot to get a look from a college coach or from a pro coach or whatever else. And so in order to get the best look, you got to see the right batting coach or the right pitching coach mm -hmm. or or whatever it is, and you have to go to these camps, right, that teach this oh, specific yeah. thing. I've li I'm living it right now. Yeah. I got a 17-year-old, and, and I had an, I had, my daughter was a D1 gymnast, so. Yeah, my, my, old, my oldest, my, she's just about to turn 21, God bless her. Uh, she was heavy, competitive into soccer, and it was all soccer all the time. And I loved it, but I also hated it because I thought, I think it robbed her of some experiences that she could have had doing some other things. Th this, is, this is the point to this let's go back to kind of what you were doing and how you were coming up. You had to be a quote unquote, you look at it this way. You can look at it being a jack of all trades or being a specialist at everything with regard to the different things you were, you were having to teach and the exposure. So whether it's carbine, scope carbine, you know, PRS stuff, uh, pistol, um, those breaching, driving, you know, all of these kind of things. You, if you're instructing, you've got to be at as close to the top of all of those as you can possibly possibly be given the challenges of trying to do that very thing. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that was it. That was the game. That was the job. So, and I don't think, you know, most people get that experience anymore. And if you go through the military, even go through law enforcement, obviously you're going to be that much more limited. Like you go to a specific school to do a specific thing and then maybe six, eight months or a year later, you can go to another school to do another thing, but you're generally a specialist at one thing, yep. right? And if you're on the teams, maybe, and I don't know, I wouldn't have any idea about this because that I, I, that's not ever been part of my journey, but, you know, there are things that you can get really, really good at, but at the, at the expense of not being so right. good at something else. Um, this was a very accelerated, you know, like oh, after yeah. your military career, this is a very accelerated, uh, like, I guess, educational experience, but also training experience and, and getting reps and things that, as you mentioned, I don't, and I have to, I have to agree with you. I don't think there'll ever be a time again where people have the opportunity to do what you did. Not, not like we did. Cause I think, and we've talked about it before. I think it's just, well, I don't, I don't think the gov is ever going to outsource for that kind of training again simply because I don't know who's going to do it. Right. I don't know where, you know, having the guy who owned Blackwater, you know, if we're not, if we're in the red that month, I mean, you know, there, you know, the overseas contracts can help, you know, whatever, yep, back it up. Uh, you know, um, and, and that, that, that we worked like that, you know, um, I just don't, I don't see it happening. I don't even know how you could do it. The facility, you'd have to replicate what we built down there, which I've never seen. There's some great facilities in the nation right now. They're nothing compared to that place. You're talking about, you're comparing a, literally a Walmart sized store to a mom and pop joint. I mean, it's yeah. just, it, it, and people that have never been there, they don't know. Yeah. How do you even compete? They, it's like, just, it's crazy. I mean, so a, a, again, just a, a wild time. Right. Yes. Oh, wild as hell. So you, we're talking about 
who you were teaching, what you were, what you were teaching, um, what you were learning kind of at the same time, I think comes, comes next. So you're, you're seeing people go and people come back uh-huh. with a lot of experience now because they're getting right into the shit when they leave you. That's why they're coming to you guys. So Correct. we can get them there faster and then they're coming back. What's the evolution of the training looking like while you're doing that? So that's when the first time in my life where we get direct feedback. Because we train, like you said, we train a group of dudes. They deployed Afghanistan or Iraq. Year and a half later, two years later, they come back again. Uh, we were smart enough at the time to go, well, we're not deploying anymore. So, uh, hey, what did you guys see over there? From the last course, what worked, what didn't? There's not an ego in the way or like, no, a, I know better. I mean, we were, uh, you know, that was definitely a time in my life where I'm like, I've got to admit, like, I'm not doing it right now. And, and they would come back with good stuff. A lot of times they would come back, uh, whether it was Army, Marine Corps, Navy, uh, Air Force, whoever, Coast Guard. I mean, we were doing stuff with Coast Guard, too. Um, they'd come back and say, hey, this, this is the thing. This is what we're seeing. And we would build curriculum off that. And you could shift. Absolutely. Again, turning that ship takes a fraction of the time. So, so now you're looking at having the targets that were manufactured there. I just go down to the head target, dude, the head <laughs> like, welder. We need these today. And I go, look, dude, this is what I need. Wow. And he's like, okay. Or I, I need a mover that goes this fast because this is what they're seeing. Yeah. He's like, be ready next week. That's outstanding. And I mean, that's that's the way it rolls. How fun. I, it was. You know, and I know a lot of us, and I've talked to some of the guys up there with me, you know, in the past few years, and it's like, man, I wish we had taken more pictures. I wish we had, you know, we we weren't smart enough about that kind of stuff. I mean, there's definitely pictures out there, but, you know, it it, it was wide open, dude. I mean, it, it was, was a different day, though. It's like, where would you have put them? In a photo album yeah, or in a shoebox, like, right? Versus <laughs> now, they're locked in <laughs> digitally. Remember those disposable cameras? Yeah, You're like, yeah. oh, oh, do I remember? Yeah. I totally remember. I still got tons, <laughs> tons of those pictures in a fucking storage unit somewhere that I'll never probably look at again, yeah. but I got them. Um, all right. So, Okay. How long is that? How long does B-Dub work go for? Four and a half-ish okay. years or so. You know, Nasur Square happened. Um, I was, you know, I was in charge. I'm the head dude, right? I'm in charge of all these guys, the, sh- the shooting thing. And um, I was like, man, I don't, this is not looking good. Yeah. Um, some other things happened um, politically that I think I was like, this is, you know, if, if I lose this and now you got to look at it at this point, I've done ten, 10 years in the military, had a steady paycheck for 10 years. I've been there for four or five years, steady paycheck that kept getting better and um, getting a little worried. And so, yeah, how, you know, <laughs> what are the, le- excuse me, what are the legs on this thing? Like how, how much yeah, time we got? Um, Cause I mean, a lot of the stuff that, you know, like the political aspects of it, people are like, you know, you know, you keep the mercenary word is thrown around. Yeah. It's like, look, I mean, like, again, it's, it's cheaper way to do it. Um, so, so I, I made a decision to get out of there. I went to, um, there was a guy that worked at B-Dub that was an officer, um, in the army at, at, at a specialized unit in the army. And uh, it was the equivalent of where I was at in the Navy. And he formed his own company. Okay. And he kind of like said, hey, you know, you want to pop down there? uh, North Carolina. He's like, do the same thing you're doing. Do it for me. I'm like, all right. So I did that. Just you guys? uh, It was just, yeah, him. And and then 
uh, we hired uh, a bunch of army guys that, that were okay. out, of, out of Bragg, out of the Fayetteville area. And so I did that for about a year. Um, and who are you coaching? Who are you training? We was uh, that was Tiger Swan. The company's called Tiger Swan. Um, it, same thing. Same, Mil- same. military. Gotcha. I mean, it was just okay. a who's who. I mean, we you know the Ranger Regiment. You know, I mean, every anybody and everybody. I mean, is you know, again, it would be, it would be an impressive list. You know, okay. it, everybody. Gotcha. Um, and I did that for about a year, and then uh, you know, essentially got to the point where I I, I was able to get a job that was actually a non-shooting job, but it was something that I had done in the military. Okay. And somebody had found my name and they came to me and, and they said, Hey man, you know, like I, I always carried a, a clearance because everything we did at BW had to have a clearance for a lot of the stuff right. I did because of, of who we were training. So I always had a clearance. I never didn't. I've, I'm still to this day. I mean, since eight, 17 years old, I've never not had a clearance with, with the mill. So, um, I got offered that job and, and that was at the point where me and the wife were like, if I'm ever going to do my own thing, Mm -hmm. this would probably be a good launch point for that. And so that's what I did. How old are you at the time? Well, that was 2009. Oh, you're making me do math in public. Yeah, no. Okay. As my buddy J.D. Patinsky says from Northern Red, don't do math in public. Um, You're you're 2009, you're 40 or you're 30 years old? No. Uh, How old am I? How how old was I in in 2009? I'm doing the math right now. Uh, Let's see. 34, 34, 35. Yeah. Uh, Which is probably late, I guess, for most most people. Again, like I was saying, that, that was the exact same time in my life where I was going... I was now the same thing. I was watching a company was going through a bankruptcy going, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Right. And there's a transition time for that to happen. Like you can't just go in one day and go, yeah, I've decided like you have a lifestyle that you're accustomed to. You got to figure out your shit. Like, and where am I going to be? And all those things. So, um, yeah, you got to have some conversations, some tough conversations. Right. And so you move into this thing and you're doing it for a bit, but the, you decide to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point from a coaching perspective, curriculum perspective, what to teach. You got connections. There's all those kind of things. Uh, that's probably not, you know, people listen to that. It kind of makes sense. It's probably time to do it. What's the reality of that though? Like, what'd you, what'd you find? What'd you find out? Man, I, I, I would tell people like any of the guys that I've tried to mentor in this industry. I mean, I did not, into, I mean, I screwed up everything. There's <laughs> nothing. I didn't do anything correctly. I love I mean, that. Um, yeah. You know, it, you you think okay, I'm getting this one contract. Life's looking good, oh, yeah. you know. And then feast or famine. And this would have been. We formed the company in September. Uh, Defor Performance. We formed in September of '09. Um, you know, just I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. Yep. Uh, obviously, and and again, it's still this whole shooting thing is is kind of still in its infancy at oh, the time. Nobody's doing what nobody's they're doing really. Now. Do, yeah, no, it's no. not even close. And so, like, you know. Well, you don't realize how expensive targets are because I've never bought targets before. Mm-hmm. You just went down and asked the dude down at the I, warehouse guy, I need lit- this next week. I mean, and I'm, I'm not kidding you. At B-Dub, you had a walkie-talkie and you got on there, target guy. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm on range nine. Bring me 200 <laughs> USPSA cardboard. That's And great. it shows up. Well, now i got to buy it. You know, I don't, I'm like, oh my God. Well, you know, well now I'm not on Blackwater's credit card to fly to California. I'm on Kyle's credit card right. to fly to California. You know, so, so these things, I mean, you, you know, uh, a lot of pasting of targets, a lot of, I'm like, no, we can get some more tape. <laughs> well, yeah, on we that. get some we, more tape. On I, I guarantee you we can get more tape on that, you know. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, it was it was tough, man. And and a lot of people don't realize that we had a gov shutdown in twelve. You know? uh, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that and one. And so you figure I start in nine. I mean, you can call it for easy math. Say say January of ten. I mean, I'd only been around three months. Um, you know, everybody knows the first five years of your business is the one that, that makes hard, it or man. breaks it. It's hard, man. And in 12, we have a real gov shutdown. Not this bullshit that you had like in whatever, 17 or 18 or, you know, a week. Yeah. A I mean, we had a real... Like, we got tired and we took some days off. They're like, we're done for a few months. And you're like, man, this is a bad decision. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot, a lot of learning. And, and, you know, here's another one and here's something we can get into when we, when we get to the, the guys that are in the industry now, you, you know, Blackwater gave you every gun, everything. Yeah. So, so those four pistols we're talking about, so, so you got a SIG, you got a Beretta, you got a Glock and you got an HK cause those are the four that were the, the mill and the gov were using. So you've got those four you get, pistols. You've you got, got 10 grand worth of pistols. Right you've there. got two carbines. You got a shorty, you got a, a 14 and a half, um, Set up with whatever optics you want. If you were a sniper like me, you get an M700, you get a Mark 12. Um, well, now I got to buy guns. Oh, yeah, there's that. There, yeah. <laughs> and you gotta Hard ma- to be a pro shooter without a gun. And you got to maintain them. And, you know, you that's travel a, with them. Right. I mean, that's like, you're like, dude, you're, you're learning all this stuff. Hey, man, you're overweight. 110 bucks, 120 bucks. I'm like, overweight. Well, the Blackwater credit card, you should take care of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, these are all things that, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know. I mean, I'm just a, you know, just some dude from Alabama that's trying to be a fell into this. Yeah. I mean, um, so, you know, like I've, you know, back then I was lucky enough. I'd been on a couple of TV shows by that point And, and I had a, I had a gun company that's like, we will give you a gun, you know? Um, and, and they did it no strings attached, which was, you know, looking back on it. And now you see some of the, the newer guys, they get in the industry and they're like, especially military, the military are the worst. They, they retire from the military company. A goes, Hey, yep. hey, Scott, I'm going to give you this gun, but I need you to say that it's the greatest gun ever on the planet. And by the way, fly the flag of the unit you served with. I was lucky that at first nobody asked for that. Um, and so, you know, those are a lot of things that you just, you're just like, it's just this whirlwind. And at the time you got two young kids and, um, you know, you're like, man. Maybe I, mom was right. Maybe that college thing was, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think there's there's a couple takeaways here. First off, just for the young entrepreneur out there, period, but also the one that's get, trying to get into the shooting game, right, or, you know, coaching game, that has a real passion for it. They might even be really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, it does a really good job on their social media and has a bunch of people that say that they love them. And maybe they even have a company, a couple of these companies that are throwing, throwing themselves at them a little bit now yep. and it's looking good and they've got... I've got my little nucleus of clients here and, you know, I have this other job, you know, and it's paying me, paying me X. Right. And I think if I could just get 10 more clients or I get this one more contract or whatever mm-hmm. else I could, I could, I could make this thing, thing happen. And you're talking about the realities of all the things that are out there that people, yeah. are, that people don't think of, but you're also talking about the suffering, you know, there's, there is, uh-huh. it's a slog. And in a day of instant gratification, I don't think a lot of people get that. And what you see as we're moving forward in your career, and you're, you've alluded to this a couple of times, kind of what you're seeing with the instructors of today, and this isn't everybody, it's just, it's getting very popular. It's very easy to get caught up in the like, well, this guy did this in this amount of time and they're comparing themselves and I should get this too. Right. And so they start shilling themselves out to, you know, company X for whatever the thing is. 
And now what they that what they don't recognize is they compromise the one thing that they can't ever unfuck, which is their integrity. Yeah. And it's not because I, I really believe most of them, and I, and I want to, I want to, I want to have faith in humanity, right? And sure. I want to give people credit as much credit as I can. I really want to believe that they think they're doing the right thing, um, and they're they're really trying to do the right thing. I think it's through a very limited lens, and it's very misconstrued a lot of times. But I really feel like they're trying to do the right thing, and then once they figure out, there's a point where they figure out, like, oh fuck, like I. I messed up a little bit here. And yep. then the, rather than taking a couple of deep breaths and a couple of steps back and trying to gather themselves to approach the problem a little differently and, and recognize it's going to take a little bit longer time to unfuck myself than, than, I, than I really wanted to do, but I'm going to have to do this anyway. They make some rash decision or have some emotional response or something that's going to get them attention like right now. Right to take the attention away from whatever they just did or at least or gain back what they've lost in followers, in finance, right. in their reputation or whatever else. And it just makes it worse. Um, and I just kind of see there's a, I, I see that as being like a, almost an, almost like an epidemic uh, of sorts I would agree. In, in that. So, so, so I'll tell you something on that. That's why for the past few years, I have made a point when I say mentor people, I don't want, I don't want the listener to, to misconstrue this, that I'm, that I'm like, you're in the shooting industry. You will listen to me. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I see a guy on, on the ground and, and, and look at this point, I don't, I can tell by video that the guy can shoot or not. I can't tell you how many times I've just, and, and a lot of these people, I've never met them in person. I'll reach out to them. I'll go, Hey man, I see you're doing this. They're like, yeah. I'm like, you're gonna, you making a go of it, yeah. And I'm like, let me send you some guns. And you know, it's the same reaction every time. I mean, it depends. There's a couple of guys who are like, uh, okay. A couple of guys are like, are you what? Wait, yeah, really? Are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and here's why. I'm gonna send you rifle. You, you don't tell you don't tell anybody you got it from me. And you don't, you don't have to. It doesn't matter what the manufacturer is. I'm, you don't have to make a post about the manufacturer. I'm doing it so that you don't have to go down that road. Mm. Because if you go down that road, you, you know, one of the things we say in SIOC is your honor is the only thing nobody can take from you. You can give it away. Mm -hmm. Very easily. You can give it away. No one can take it from you. POW. Nobody can take your honor. Mm. You know, if you don't let them, you know, it doesn't matter. You can't, but you can give it away. And, and I, cause I've seen guys in the past and I'm not saying I'm this big Oracle, but, but I saw it in, in that time that you're talking about the Oh nine, the tens, the elevens the tough times. and coming up where I saw guys do it. And, and listen, we all make mistakes. There's no doubt. I, you know, in the TV show thing, you know, I can't tell you, you know, what did I learn about that? I learned that you get a contract and you get a writer. I told you not to mention the job I did in the military. And, they when don't it, care. and when it comes out on the history channel, it says Kyle DeFore, former blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I call the producer. I'm like, I told you not to do that. And he's like, well, you know, uh, it's better for marketing. The shit sells. And, you know, and, and, and I tell guys that if you're going to get on TV, make sure you have this, right? If you don't want it out there. Now, so if you want it out there, whatever, you know, so we all, we all make mistakes like that. But that is the reason that I do that 
And, and I'm lucky that the manufacturers that I'm with nowadays are super cool about it. They're like, they trust you that they trust me. And that's one of the things when I get, when I get with a manufacturer, <laughs> that's the first thing I tell them. I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to give away a lot of your shit just so you're tracking. <laughs> and by the way, and, and I'm dude, I tell people this all the time. I own four pistols. I own two carbines and I have one bolt gun. That, that I would, swear to that God. That blows my mind a little bit, but I'm, I don't, and I'm sure it blows other people's Well, minds. I don't need anything else. But at the same time, I give away a lot of guns every year to these guys to make, to help them out. I never ask, don't, don't tag me. Don't, don't, you know, I'm not looking for that. That's, that's an ego thing. I don't need to, I'm trying to help the dude out because if you think about it in the big context, it, all it's going to do is make the industry better. Mm-hmm. Cause now I've got a guy who came from unit, whatever the hell, who doesn't have to sell his soul to the devil to start his business. So now it's all, it's all on him now. Let, you, let him do it. His own you, two do, feet. do your own thing, man. I mean, either do it or don't. Uh, I've had guys, uh, I've sent them guns and they're like, Hey man, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, whatever. A couple years in, they're like, it's just a travel, the blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. Keep the gun. Sell it on gun broker. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's that wasn't done. what this was about. Th- that's not what it was about. You I'm, didn't sell your soul. Right. Yeah. You, you did it right. You know, ain't for you. Don't I mean, whatever. I mean, military wasn't for me. I didn't do 20 years. I did 10. I mean, it's like no big deal. But, um, I think that's a big thing is, is when you get to a position like this, you know, Helping if you don't help other people out, how's the industry ever going to grow, man? This, same as your thing, right? One thousand percent. Exact same as I your thing. I wouldn't be here right now. No, if it's like, I wouldn't be. Well, I mean, very specifically, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair right now if not if David and Acosta hadn't put us together. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, like bottom line, like it just wouldn't have happened, and that's because. David Acosta, solid guy, by the way. One um, of the most solid dudes I've met. He's like, um, he's a solid guy, and I, ha- I haven't I haven't known him a long time, but I'll tell you what, I know enough uh, in the time that I've spent with him. Um, but my the point of this is is solid dudes hang out with other solid dudes for the most part. Yeah, for for the most part, and uh, y- you can. I got a pretty good sniffer, man. I can smell bullshit right. from quite a, quite a far you know quite a ways away, and people will you know will accuse me of being full of shit all the time. That's fine. I don't care. I know who I am. It's whatever. But going back to helping other people, I you know I think it was like I don't know who it was. I think it was like Zig Ziglar, one of the oldest you know sales trainers in the world. Yeah. Right? Who just you know people listen to the show. There'll be some of us maybe our age to know who that guy is, but most people won't. Said you know if you surround yourself with enough you know, successful people, you too will be successful yeah. and, and just doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing is right. important. And in a day, again, going back to the instant gratification thing, I think that easily gets overlooked. And if you haven't been a part of that ever, you know, in your life, um, if nobody's ever done that for you, uh, then you don't know what that feels like or what that looks like. Right. You, and you can't really buy into that. So I wonder right. like, where did you get that from? Um, I, I don't, I'm, and nobody ever did it for me, but, but, but there was nobody to do okay, it for so me. So there's the other part of it. You know, like it was just, the shooting thing was just not that big then. It was, it was really in its infancy. Uh, where did I get it from? I think, um, you know, mindset wise, just looking at it logically, mm-hmm. not having an ego attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being, having a willingness level to, to say it ain't all about me. I mean, you could make it all about you, but 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 if you make it all about you, you, you know, here's it's a lonely like, place there. Like like think about it like this. 
you already know the answer to this. What is what is within a half mile of every Home Depot in the continental U.S.? A half a half mile. If there's a Home Depot right here, what's within a half mile? A Lowe's. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, do you see Lowe's and Home Depot going out of business? <laughs> I mean, like, no, no. you know. Um, in fact, it's interesting <laughs> that you just asked that. I have two Home Depots and three or three Home Depots and two Lowe's within that same radius. And they're in, fine. In the, and they're fucking they're, fine. They're real good. Well, actually, one just burned to the ground. So the other two, the other f- yeah. four or five of those, however many is left there, of, of both brands are doing great because they know? just soaked up all of that business. So, so here's another thing to look at is, um, you know, helping people out. I call it mentoring. I, I, that's probably not the right word. I sh- shouldn't use that word. But um, what about when I get a contract one day and it's to train 60 people? Well, Kyle's not doing that by himself. He can try. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a thing called statement of work, and it's yeah. going to say we want a one to ten yeah, so, ratio. So that's a thing. So man. you better show up with five other dudes. Yep. And now you got to find five dudes. Okay. So I call Scott and who's I go, in your hey, circle. Who's yeah. in your circle? Hey, Scott. Well, well here's the deal. It's got to be somebody who can perform. Right. It can't just be some some geek off the street. You know. So that's your integrity. Yeah. So so now maybe that dude that I hooked up two or three or four years ago, I'm like, hey man, I need a little help. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pay you. I'm gonna pay you real good. But and I know you got a course going on. But you know we got this thing. Can you help me? You know that's that's what I'm saying. Totally like, get it. And this happens. I've done it. I've I have I have been an AI for multiple other country, uh, companies, making way under my normal daily rate. Because that's that that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, somebody's got to win the contract. <laughs> I mean, right. You know, we're all on Sam.gov and we're all trying to get it. You know, somebody's going to get it, and it's it's an interesting thing because what you end up realizing is if you take the ego away from it and you look at it as not really competition, but more of it is a thing at a certain point, especially a high level. Um, and I've told people this before: there 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 ain't a lot of contacts in the phone that that I can do that to. Mm-hmm. There's probably 10. It's a, it's a tight circle, yeah. And I would tell anybody that's listening to this, find 10 guys that, you know, are going to do this contract. I mean, you got to be able to, you know, and we're talking about not just the specialists. We need, you got to be able to shoot pistol, carbine, and you got to be able to do tactics in some capacity, depending on what, it, it could be a land warfare thing, could be a CQB thing, could be a vehicle thing, who knows. There, there's not a lot of people out there doing that. So it makes a lot of sense to try to help those people out as much as you can. And if you see a new guy coming in that's doing that, it surely makes a lot of sense because at some point, some of those old guys are going to retire. What goes around, comes around. <laughs> right. Yep. And, um, I hear you. Yeah. It's, I feel it's funny. I just had, it was yesterday, two days ago. We traveled yesterday. Two days ago, I had a, I had a guy look me up in front of a friend of a friend and said, hey, man, I'm thinking about opening a gym. I was wondering if I can I can chat with you. This kid, he has no idea what he's doing, but he's trying. Yeah. And I said, yeah, man, come on in. We'll sit down. We sat there for two hours. And Absolutely. Shut the shit about, you know, I'll ask, answer his questions, whatever else. I try to do that whenever I can because I like doing it. Yeah. Like, I, I, it, you know, <laughs> feelings. It feels good to help help somebody out. It also help. It, it also going back to the bigger thing for me is, and you actually already said it, and that is helping somebody not make the same mistakes that I made, right? Or try to give them. Let's go back to the the curriculum piece. Like, let's strip away the the fat here, like in the things that you may have heard and the things that you really need to know to be successful, right? Look, I, this is this is what I know. 
right? And this is what I've seen be successful for me and for other people. And these are all the mistakes that I made. So I'm going to try and give you that in the shortest period, the Reader's Digest version that I can give it to you in or however it is so that you don't fuck this up you right. know, the same way I did. Because, you know, whether it's like, you don't want to be giving the city any more money than you need to be giving the city. Like, you don't need to be giving yeah. these, you know, this parts or these equipment manufacturer any more money than they they need to be given here's how to do these things that kind of stuff like it feels good knowing that you know you can almost kind of pay it forward and uh i've never had anybody come back to me afterwards and go dude you were full of shit and you right. know, fuck you for for giving me that, that and, information. and the other thing is not one time you know when, when you look at it you're like okay do you not want to help this guy out because you fear he's going to okay, take your that's job a whole other thing yep it's like, well, then maybe you ain't that fucking good. That's it's a, that <laughs> says more mean? about you than it does about the other guy. Um, yes, for sure. And, and that's and and you know, if that's the case, I would look at it more as I'm not worried about him taking my job. Maybe I do need to get a little better at something. You know what I mean? Um, and and you know, if you're looking at, I mean, if you're looking at it that you want to see other people fail. Dude, you're you're entering. Um, that is, you're entering some kind of psychotic, like no shit. Like like if you like to see people miserable, then something's wrong with you, bro. I, like, I wouldn't so disagree with that. You're, you're you know you're you, you got other shit going on. Um, I mean, I've I, that I've shows never, up in way in t- so many places in yeah. your life too. If you're that if you're yeah. that shit bag. In yeah. 18 years of doing this, I have never seen the competition of one instructor versus another be a thing. I've never seen that. I've never, oh man, we're, we're not eating hunting because this guy got this contract and I didn't. I've never seen that. Now, there's definitely guys I've seen coming in the industry and, and, and you know, uh, um, in, in a dishonest way, yeah. try to get okay. contract. You know, that's, that's kind of getting into that new kind of thing okay. uh, again, but as we're getting into that. But um, I can't say that any people I've ever helped out that, and again, to the point where like Tenacore, you know, Jeff Mao, mm-hmm. I, I call Jeff. Uh, he, here's the thing. I don't even call him. I text him. I'm like, Jeff, can you send holsters to here? He doesn't even ask me anymore. He just goes, yep. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who it is. You know, Paul be Bufani, there on Wednesday. Paul yeah. Bufani, BCM. I'm like, hey, Paul, can you send an upper? to? And he's like, yep. It, it, that says a lot about Tenacore and BCM to me. It does, man. Um, but it also says a lot about you that they trust you like now, that. Now, I will say the first couple of times, they're like, do you know who this guy is? Yeah. I'm like, uh, well, not really, but they're like, well, he's competition. I'm like, oh, well, I'll yeah, but you do, but you do the right thing a couple of times and then there's yeah. no more questions. And then you don't ever put that question in their head again. Right. Right. Or, or ever. Yeah. Like, it's just don't do anything to make them have to ask that question. Like, yeah. are you sure? That's are you huge. Sure, Kyle? That, that is huge. I mean, that yeah. says a lot. Yeah. Uh, so helping people like getting them down the path and putting them in a position to be successful. I mean, you're still doing this. You're still being successful in with, you know, the four performance, like, uh, you know, I, who are you coaching now? Because to me, what it looks like from the outside, and this was another thing that came up for me in, in this connection was, it's like, I didn't realize how frequently you're in the Bay area, which is obviously where I'm yeah. from, uh, coaching and that you do this way frequently. I'm like, well, how the fuck did I not know this, right? Yeah. And, and it's likely because you're so busy and you're just constantly chasing that, yeah. chasing that schedule, you know, around the country doing the things that you do. But uh, curiously, there's there's some looks like there's some government work there, and then oh, yeah. there's also some open enrollment work, which leaves opportunity for people like me to to jump in there. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about sort of what the. I mean, what what are you doing now? Like, what is the what does the company look like right now? So the, the company right now looks like. Um, Generally speaking, somewhere between 35 and 45 five-day classes a year. 
Wow. For different whoever's. It's a gamut. It's a list of, I mean, this, so we're April of 23 right now. Um, I mean, this year I've done Army, Marine Corps, Navy, um, uh, federal, I've probably one, two, three, four, five different federal guys. Um, so, so I, the, the, the crux of the work is, is, is gov okay. in some capacity, DOD, whoever, you know, you know, it could be, uh, uh you know, state department, it could be, uh, you know, uh, Homeland security. It could be, you know, okay. whoever secret service. I mean, it's at this point, it's not like, uh, my wife just made a bowl of all the patches and coins people have given me over the, cause we've gone through a remodel. Uh, I mean, it's like, I was actually, I was looking at it. I was like, I, don't, I remember that now. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's really nobody I haven't trained at this point. There's um, only 52 weeks in every year, man. Well, so <laughs> people always ask me that. They're like, how are you working 60 weeks a year? And I'm like, obviously there's, there's going to be times where, especially if it's a non-shooting thing where they don't want me, they're like, look, we just, we, we know what you do and we know who you associate with. I have guys that are not full time. They're dudes I served with or whatever. Gotcha. Um, Hey, can you go and do this here with these guys? That kind of thing. That's great. Um, and then I try to do, I have tried to pump up the open enrollment in the past two years. Um, I used to do one open enrollment a month. Okay. I shouldn't say past two years. Actually, it would have been right the year before COVID is when I started. So 19 is when I started this. Um, now I'm trying to do three to four open enrollment a month. Uh, so I end up with about 30 to 40 open enrollments. Um, why am I trying to do that? Because, you know, post every year post 2019 has been the best selling gun year ever. Yep. Well, I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a publicly educated man from the state of Alabama, but I do <laughs> understand that there's a lot of gun owners out yeah. there right now. There may be it only makes sense to do more classes if you do what I do. Right. Makes sense, man. Oh, um, market demand. It, which, which, and not to segue, but it, new instructors coming into the space, I have an idea for them. Um, so, so a lot of work. I mean, it's not last year I did 306 days of work. Um, this will be over 300 this year. And, and I would tell people, I don't suggest it. I mean, it's not something I would, I don't, that should not be, I'm going to try to do that. You know, a lot of this is you create this thing and then it, I don't want to say it gets out of control, but at a certain point it's like, I'm a realist enough to know that I've probably got 15 years left in me. Gotcha. Ish. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point, you know, everybody makes the good comments now about you've never had a real job. It's always been adventure. You get to travel, you you know, you're shooting guns, you're riding motorcycles. Good for you. I'm like, yeah, what's going to happen when I'm 65? Yeah, totally. Because I don't have any other skills. Uh, I didn't go to college. Um, I've literally been doing this since the age of 17. So, so here's the thing, Kyle. I mean, what, what I hear you say there with like 300 and however. 306 last year. 306. I added it up before I came. <laughs> and, so, and so you go on and you also saying like, now I don't suggest that. Here's the funny thing about that, man. I There's going to be people out there, instructors out there in this thing right now that are doing this and go, what the fuck? I would never work that much. Like, like <laughs> I don't, I, I couldn't even work. Like, come on. I want to, I want to teach two classes a month and that's fine. You know, that's fine. totally fine. I'm, that's the funny part. And I think a little bit of it has to do with just, there's some generational shit here, uh, with regard to 
I don't want to say work ethic. I just want to say like maybe their commitment to doing that much work all the time and what they're being conditioned to doing or more specifically not doing um, in their lifetime. So to me, that doesn't sound unnormal at all. So like from the coaching side of things, like it's funny, like there were, there were times I was working 60, 70 hours a week, you know, back to back with clients and classes and groups and, you know, specific sports teams and whatever else in, 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 in coaching thing. That's just what you did. And that's how you made a living doing it. And at the same time, like when the coach or when the clients aren't paying you or you're not teaching or coaching, you're not getting paid. Right. So that's the other piece of this is, you know, like taking vacation, taking time off. And, I haven't had a vacation in me and my wife are not taking vacation in I can't 15 years. Right. I so, don't suggest it. Right. So that's the thing is people are hearing this. Well, if Kyle did it, I can do it. Well, yeah, he did do it, but here's all the other things that came along with it. Right. And so I want to, you know, again, I'm bringing back, like we talked about the suffering before there's compromise and there's sacrifice to this in doing so. And then there's also running a smart business model where like, I know who my, I know who my audience is. Right. And I know where I can get that work and I know where it's going to pay off in the short and the long term. And I'm not trying to throw shit at the wall, right. With all these different courses and all these different things yeah. to see what's to see how I can pull in this specific set of people, you know, to maybe make this work and charge them a little bit more so that I don't have to work as much or whatever. That's not what this has been. No. This has been fucking grinding for a long, long time. Yes. And doing, and being at the same time, being very marketable, um, you, you, you know, you talked about how, what the percentage of this is with government contracts and how you do that a little bit, but, you know, being, being very, very marketable is like, if Kyle can teach, we want Kyle. Like, yeah. That doesn't happen overnight. Like Those are things that take a long, long time. And a lot of people moving into the space now are coming from the civilian side, uh, which I think is very interesting. I think it's awesome because we have some very skilled civilian shooters oh, out I there. I can name some right now. Yeah, they're amazing, right? Yeah. And they're doing it. And, and the cool part about it is they're, they're even better coaches, I think, than they are shooters, right? So. Yeah eventually that that curve will, will will maybe even catch up but you know you're you're seeing this this happen i just don't know that there's there's many guys out there that are going to we talked about blackwater in that that um that period i don't know man if there's going to be any anybody else down the road that's done and is going to continue to do it the way you're doing it and i don't know what that yeah. means i don't know why i'm saying that just that i look at it and i go you might be a dying breed brother yeah i've been, <laughs> i've been told that before I mean, I think a lot of it too, though, is by, by the mid teens, you know, 13, 14, I kind of realized that, um, I don't know. I've always looked to a guy like, uh, it could be anybody. I, I, I honestly, I've, I'm, I'm this odd dude. Now when I travel, I see a guy who's done a job for 30 years and I don't care what the job is. The, the job can be beer salesman. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about that that he knows everything mm-hmm. about it. And there's something about that, you know, like my grandpa was a was a rancher, a farmer. He's a farmer for his entire life, like his entire life. I mean, there's something about that. It's just, I don't know. I've always been attracted to that. Um, you know, so when I meet these old guys nowadays that have been doing something for, you know, 65 years. Respect, yeah. You know, they, they know so much. They can steal time back by, they've already, already done this every way possible. So, so I am attracted to that a little bit. Uh, my wife last night gave me a good compliment because 
Uh, she went to choir practice. I had to clean out the attic because we're, we're getting some new insulation put in. Uh, walk-in attic, you know, all storage, you know, all your crap, you know. And uh, we had two of them, two walk-in attics. Okay. She's like, just do one tonight. Just do the Christmas decorations. So she calls me like two and a half hours later. She goes, how's it going? I'm like, it's going good. I'm sweating. <laughs> and she's like, you're doing it a mall, aren't you? I'm like, yep. <laughs> she's like, I know. I knew you would because of your personality. It's just what you do. Yeah. So I know, I know that's in me a little bit. And that might be in me because honestly, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not as naturally talented as some people, mm. you know, maybe I know I got to work a little harder, but like right now I'm at my, and I tell people I'm, I'm the, I'm a better shooter now with everything than I ever have been really now. Now, I will tell you a lot of this is, is or some of this is gun too. I mean, obviously we've got some guns. Oh, you mean in terms of advancement and technology? Yeah. I mean, we got some, you know, like, I mean, I'm still, I'm 2015 in this eye and 2020 in this eye. So iron sights are not a problem for me. I, I can still absolutely. Okay. And I bounce back and forth between irons and a dot just, just to, again, because I can, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to. Uh, well, I imagine you have to too, because not there, every, there are some not every department, not every agency. It's pretty interesting. There, you, you would be surprised how many guys are still in irons. Uh, we just like our local department just got approved in the last year for right. for dots. And, and just for the people listening, um, <laughs> I will tell you that if you've never taken a hard run on irons and you're going to get into this business and you get that contract for. X department that you, still shoots an iron sided Glock 17. You're going to be in for a big surprise. You better have you a shit ton of time on that son of a bitch because it, it is, it is a different ball game. Um, so, so, you know, like, um, I, um, I, I like that work aspect of it. Um, I, I probably personality wise have a little bit of an issue with that, but, but I, I am definitely, you know, I'm, I, it, you, you, it doesn't matter what gun you put in my hand right now. Like you give me about 10 to 15 rounds and, and what do you want to see? It's not going to be a problem. Um, that's what, that's a benefit you get from working that much. Yes. It, you know, now, Reps. now I'm not saying you can't pull that off. A lot of it, you can pull off with dry fire. A lot, I mean, I do a lot of dry fire in a hotel room just like this. And I can tell you right now that it's seven yards from that door to this corner right <laughs> here because it, it, it already is in every hotel room. And that little emergency plan thing, if you cut it in half, the A zone of an Ipsic. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, you know, I do a lot of dry fire, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of the lifestyle has just kind of worked out like that. Yep. Um, again, I'm not saying it's the way to do it. Um, you know, but, um, it's what I've got. I don't, I don't have anything else. I mean, to the point where I think it might be even a little odd, like, you know, with the advent of social media, you see people who are like, I want to be a shooting instructor. I'm like, why do you want to do that? I mean, like, that's a great question. You know, like I, I've asked people that, why do you want to do this? Cause here's the deal. You're either really hot, really cold, <laughs> um, getting sunburnt. I mean, like, I mean, it's like, you're basically like a modern day kind of a cowboy your, thing. Your going truck's on. dirty as hell all the time. I, I, I've got a 2021 Tundra. It's got 77,000 miles on it. <laughs> just full of dust and dirt. It's been washed twice. Yeah, I yeah, mean, right. it's just like, it doesn't even make sense, right? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, you know, why do you want to do this, man? You know, like. It's the same as like somebody, again, I bring this back because it's. I can relate, and it's like being a being a trainer, being a personal trainer, because it looks sexy. Because every yeah. <laughs> everybody loves the personal trainer, yeah. right? Everybody loves the shooting instructor, right? right. Who can so, shoot, shoot fast, right? I call it a. It's thing. got the cool stuff, always the cool gear, you know. Being a kid from from the middle of nowhere in Alabama and growing up, you know, redneck style, I call this nowadays. I call this thing the Yellowstone. 
Okay. Uh, epidemic. Okay. Because, yeah. you know, Yellowstone comes out. Everybody wants to be a cowboy. Yeah, everybody wants Everybody's to be a cowboy. Everybody's buying boots and, like, you know, they're dressing like Rip. They got their <laughs> hat. And, and I'm like, hey, listen, have you ever actually been on a working farm? Oh, fuck, it's Because yeah. it doesn't look nothing yeah. like it does on that yeah. TV show. Yeah, you, totally. you know, so I, I know It's that, hot. It's dry. There ain't, it's, no, there ain't no snow-capped dude. mountains, man. Yeah. No, I mean, like, and if they're, I mean, dude. <laughs> Bro, Montana in the winter is I've been there. It's brutal, yeah. dude. Yeah. So so like we get a little bit of that in in the fitness industry, in the shooting, in all the industries. People yep. are like, yeah, it's sexy, it's, cool. it's whatever. Yeah, you're seeing what we put on Instagram. That's the highlight, <laughs> highlight reel, right? Do you want to see me put targets up for an hour? I mean, right. like that's you, getting uh, stuck in an airport, have well, my luggage lost. Hey, like so a- Sunday, I uh I was in Tampa. Um I was in Tampa last week. Did a civilian class Saturday and Sunday outside of Tampa, about, you know, 20, 30 minutes east. And and this comes back to the thing, kind of, kind of what you started earlier. How do you work this much? People ask me, if you work 300 days, I'm like, well, check this out. Sunday night, when I got off the range at 4 o'clock, I drove from Tampa, well, Mulberry, Florida, if you want to look that up. I drove from Mulberry, Florida to Fort Lee, Virginia. And Straight. at 7 o'clock the next morning, I was on the range. Yep. Now, you can do the math on that and figure it out, but basically I got there at 5.30, slept in my truck for, for an, an hour. hour, same clothes, and went to the ranch. Yep. And 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 again, I that is not, if you think that's sexy, rock on. But it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I do know what you and, mean. And I don't do that all the time, but but it is a common thing. I lived a life on the road for, for quite some time. And, uh, you know, it was airplanes and rental cars and hotels and whatever else. And, and, and I know the, I know the challenges and the strains I can put on relationships and your health. Oh yeah. Mental, physical, you know, psychological health, like real easy to get angry when I, I, there, man, I had PT, PTSD walking in. And when I say that, I mean, legitimately had PTSD walking into airports for about four years after I, after I stopped doing it. Yeah. I had so many bad experiences and there I was traumatized by it. I would go and I would be fucking angry. Yep. Like almost not getting on airplanes angry because of how I was projecting, you know, for the littlest things. Like and, yeah. and it would give me anxiety to do that. I, I don't that might be a little bit dramatic, but the point of that is, is there was nothing sexy about that at nope. all. And so, you know, people go, Oh, you're living the dream. You know, you're getting to travel all over. We fucking think I'm doing partying every <laughs> yeah. time. No, you just said it. No, I got off the range at four thirty. I drove all night to sleep yeah. one hour in the front seat of my truck to have to get up and do it all over again. And am I getting paid? Yes, I'm getting paid. But at the end of the day, like, what is the cost of, right. uh, of this life? And I think that again, that's what I wanted to 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 hear you talk about for those up and coming people that are coming through there because I think that's the wisdom you have to provide beyond. The stuff that they think is cool, which is the shooting and, you know, all the guns you get to shoot, yeah. you know, the relationships you have with, with, uh, with maybe firearms, you know, manufacturers and all the, the different types of people you get to get in front of all that's cool, but there's this whole other aspect to it. And so I think the question people would have, and I certainly have is like, at some level, I think going back to like, well, you're working all the time. And you mentioned this at the beginning when we talked about um, IDPA and USPSA and getting out and competing and not really having the time. Well, you just outlined and articulated why you haven't shot a match in a couple of years. So people would say, well, then, Kyle, how are you even still staying relevant then if you're just out there working and training the same stuff over and over and over again? 
So I'll challenge you with the question, like, what would you, how would you answer that? So one of the things I do, like talking about earlier, I will, I will switch gun. I have to switch guns constantly anyway. Yep. Um, you know, Glock still being by far number one. Um, I shoot for staccato, you know, that's what I, I usually shoot in open enrollment classes. Okay. Um, I'm constantly switching guns. Um, and I'm constantly trying to push every piece of speed and accuracy together that, that can be done. Um, I, I switch from, from irons to dot all the time. I, um, you know, scoped rifle with a bolt gun, scoped rifle with a mag fed gun, you know, uh, carbine class with a, with an LPVO carbine class with a red dot carbine class with a red dot and a magnifier. So I, I do that on purpose. And a lot of people see that in classes. They're like, why is he shooting this gun? This time? You know, they'll send me a DM or whatever. I'm like, I, hey, you know, it's, it's the life. Um, but like, I don't ever rest on any one thing. Uh, you can look at just how we've changed the hat call in the past year. Um, you can look at a lot of the shooting tests and the gov shooting tests, especially. I am always squeezing another tenth here, another quarter here, mm-hmm. another whatever. Most recently, what I've done, um, and again, this is not groundbreaking. I'm sure there's a lot of people doing it before me. I've cut, I've cut the A zone in half. On the okay. PSA. Yep. I'm only using top top A zone and everything. Now, with that, you got to change the time centers a little bit. I mean, if you're doing a two-second bill drill, you know, at seven yards on the USPSA target using the whole A-zone, you're going to have to add, sure. you know, a, a little bit of time if you're cutting the target. It's in reasonable. Half. But, you know, like what you're asking, I spent a lot of time figuring out how, what is that time? Okay. You know, is it is it double the time? Is it a quarter second? Is it a half second? Whatever. Um, so you're figuring it out, like I'm what's fair. What's... So like my competition now is figuring this stuff out. Um, and then the other thing I do in every military class now, I've been doing this in, for the military for a long time, but in every military class, and I've been doing it with civilians for the past two years, okay. is they compete at the end of every open enrollment class. I make them do a competition with each other, but I set it up in an aspect of where I literally am sitting back and now talk about coaching. I mean, I mean, I'm like, if they have a question, come and ask me kind of thing. What it means is um, I'm teaching them how to teach themselves and how to teach other people. And it is a competition-based format on some classic skills, like a bill drill, like a 25-yard bull, things like that. A draw, you know, from concealment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing that is pretty, you know when you get a couple pipe hitters in your class or you get some famous dudes in your class, you know, I've had, I've had other guys in the industry come to my class. I like look on the roster. I'm like, Holy shit. Is that that guy? Mm-hmm. Call him up. I'm like, he's like, I'm like, uh, you're in my class. He's yeah. like, I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be good. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And we're sitting there going back tested to, a little Oh yeah. Bit, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so that's what I do nowadays. Um, again, you know, stage performance, I, I'd, I'd be a shit show, but like shooting, um, I'm, Whatever shooting test, I mean, well, put it to you like this: uh, post COVID, because COVID was a nightmare. That year was was really mm. not good for a lot for gov contracting. It was horrible because it was the first time in my life. You know, you never see a contracting officer. You never actually see them physically. You can talk to them on the phone, talk to them right, email, right, right. get the contract, whatever. Blah blah blah. Um, that was the first time in my life I saw a contracting officer show up to the range. Really? On to March, see exactly March, what you were doing? No, no, on COVID. March 15th, 2020. 
shows up and goes, you guys are out of here. You're done. It's like a Wednesday, wasn't it? Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And you're like, whoa, like, uh, I can't be done. Five day contract. Uh, We got to go till Friday at, you know, two o'clock, 2 p.m. or whatever. No, we'll pay you. Just get the fuck out. Wow. And you're like, oh, somebody else is, somebody else is running the show. And so that happened. I mean, we lost. Uh, in, in the COVID year, I lost 35%-ish of the business. Same with us, man, at the gym. And um, so what us. did I do? Um, in the next year that we were, the nation's dealing with all that shit, I became a triple nickel guy. You know, right. I, uh, you know, just those little things like that, things that I can search out. And like, Same. You know, like, that's a, that's a, that's a you have to legendary pistol test. I mean, problem about it is you got to have two guys that are triple nickel guys give it to you. Yep. But I happened to be training a unit where there was two. Uh, and so, you know, so, so like stuff like that, I'm constantly doing that. I try other people's standards all the time. When people put standards up, I'm like, oh, I'll give that a go. So I think there's, there's a few takeaways for me on this. And one is like when I ask the question, it's a real, it's actually a general question. And you, I, you did a really good job of answering that. And I think putting it in a much different perspective, which again, is why I wanted to have you here and, and talk to you about this. Because I think when people ask that question, when, and so that's what I said and how I put it together. It's like, I think the question people would ask was, how do you stay relevant? They want to know what you're doing to push yourself from a shooting standards perspective. Yeah. That is very one-sided and very narrow-minded with regard to all the things that you need to be able to do as a coach. And I don't ever see those questions being answered that way. And one of the things that you said was, is one, and it, I think this is important and I, I, Maybe people look at me like, Scott, you don't know what the, f- what the fuck you're talking about, man. You're, you're, you haven't been in this game long enough, whatever. But you're using different equipment. You're using different guns. Now, so when you see people go out on the range and they're shooting, shooting guns and they're showing their highlight reel, it's generally the best one they got in the mm-hmm. safe, right? The oh, one yeah. they shoot all the time, whether that's their it's – usually, it's usually their competition gun. You know, whatever it is, whether it's the carbine or their pistol or whatever. And we don't see a lot of stuff on PRS because it's probably boring for Instagram or whatever. But you're doing that too. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> and you're doing it scoped versus, you know, the short shorty versus the, I think you said 14 and a half or 13 five, something like that. Whatever. The point of this is, is like you're trying to, you're still trying to stay relevant with all of those oh, things. Oh, yeah. Because you have to be. Right. And, and at the same time, you're start you're trying to stay relevant and push yourself from a coaching perspective, not just what I can do with the gun, but how I teach other people to be good behind their own gun, whatever that happens to be, right. which is a much different skill than being able to go out there and hit targets in whatever format, whether that's in competition or otherwise, whether it's something you set up for yourself or otherwise. And to me, that's very telling that you answered it that way because for me, that is what a coach should be saying. Um, I think you can be a good shooter and a good coach. I think you could be a good coach and not so great a shooter. I think yeah. there's a lot of combinations of things. Yeah, 100%. But I, but I think going back to my com, my comparing and contrasting, like the three- to five-year coach versus the 18-year, 15- to 18-year year coach, that is the kind of answer that a more seasoned coach would give that isn't worried about his shooting capability, right? Like that's, I'm not worried about it at all. And this is the thing, like you hear the three to five year coach, if you will say, well, all that shooting should be happening in the background. You know, you should be that good and you should be able to react and do these, do these different things. I don't disagree, but I think that's what you said, but you're doing it at all. A lot of different levels of a lot of different things. And you're also examining how you can be a better coach. 
And the last part of that was teaching, you know, having competitions and forcing people to be uncomfortable and also kind of step outside their comfort zone and push their limits reasonably to find that level of failure or success, whatever it happens to be, so that they can get better beyond so that they can do it on their own. That's huge. To make them independent of you as the coach. And it is huge because what you're now you're doing, that's the whole, you know, feed a man a fish versus, Mm -hmm. you know, teach a man to fish kind of, kind of thing. And this goes back to doing the right thing and helping people along the line with their own careers and their own path and and whether it's giving them guns or just advice or offering to help or whatever else. Those are the things that I think create longevity. Yeah. Uh, And it, 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 coaching specifically in the way that you just sort of articulated it there is when people can go away or walk away from whatever they take away from you, whether that's some government agency, law enforcement officer, or some civilian, and they come back to you, you know, a year later, two years later, three years later, or whatever else. And they say, man, I took what you gave me and I'm still using it today to make me better. And when I go to these other classes or whatever else that they happen to be, they happen to be getting themselves involved in. Um, this is how it showed up for me. And this is where I was. And this is where I am now. And you gave me the kind of the framework or the blueprint to be able to do that for myself. And they feel empowered. Yeah. Right. Not just because they did great on your drill that day, or they may have failed it miserably, right. That competition for the day, but if they can really take away like, Hey, this is shit that I can really work on on my own, whether it's through dry fire or on the range. Cause I don't have a, uh, that accessibility to, to the range or whatever. And, and be thinking about it and doing it later. To me, that that's what good coaches are able to do. Well, and, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, man. I, um, I, Again, I don't know that everybody looks at it that way, and people might be looking at, uh, you know, listening to this on the other end when they when they hear this, whenever we put it up and go, whatever, dude, whatever. That sounds real idealistic, and it sounds real cute and whatever else. But I got to tell you, I've been doing this as long as you have, you know, like on the fitness side of things, I've been doing it 25 fucking years. And the biggest compliment or the biggest paychecks I ever get from anybody is when they come to me and go, man, you changed my life because yeah, you yeah. taught me how to do it on my own. Yeah. Um, or you gave me you gave me something that help me that I always keep in mind whenever I'm, whenever I'm putting stuff out, not I really love that video you put out on that fucking bill drill or whatever the other day, you know, like big fucking deal. Like anybody can do that anymore. I think if coaches started looking at this at a larger perspective and I, there's some great ones out there right now that are really opening up the lines and getting people to go, this is a little deeper. They'll, they'll see a post. They'll jump, they'll hear a live yeah. IG thing being done or maybe yeah. a podcast are going, this is a little deep for me. I just want to watch cool shooting videos. Cool, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you do you, boo. Go watch the cool shooting videos. Have the cool gear, whatever else. But for the for the people out there that really want to be a coach or are really looking to find a good coach, uh, these are the conversations that I think they should be should be listening to. 100%. And I think for the industry, which is kind of the next question, is, is kind of where you see it now, where you see it going. Um I think this is where it's it's evolving to. It's still very fresh, and I say this all the time. It's a very low barrier of entry to get into it, right? Oh, yeah. Anybody can say that. Good Instagram page, and you're You're, you're good in. to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, get some flashy shooting videos up there. Some gun company throws some money at you, and the next thing you know, you're, you're, you're famous. But I think we'll check back with me in five years, bro. Going back to the, yeah. the first five years of your business. Check back with me in five years, and let's see how that's going for you. Yeah. Um, so again, having the, the extensive experience that you have and where we are, I just kind of wonder what your analysis is of right now, where the industry is 
given all the things that you know about the past, where it is now and where you see it going, like with all the things and all the reps and all the things that you're, when I say things, I just mean all the instruction and all the people that you see. And because the people that are coming to you are hearing and seeing the same things I'm talking about right now as they're coming to you. How are they challenging you? How are they being challenged? And where do you see this thing going in the next three to five years? I think right now, um, and I, I've said this to people before, it, you know, we are in the golden golden age of training okay. right now. Um, it will probably peak in maybe another year or two. Okay. And then the, you're going to see a decline uh, simply be, I think I now let me back up in the tactics or, orientation. Okay. You're going to see a decline because we're not in sustained combat anymore. Yep. Now I haven't been in sustained combat in you know 18 years, but um, my benefit is I get direct feedback from the guys yep. that I'm training. Like this week with what I was telling you, I was doing this week. Um, I can stay relevant through getting that direct feedback on the shooting side of it. I think we are as good as we've ever been. There are more options for the consumer than there's ever been. Better guns. There's better guns. There's better technology. You can find a a specialist instructor. If you want to do only red dot pistol, those guys are out there. If you want to do only scoped rifle past 500 yards, like 500 is, is like... It, that you know, maybe it's not even that. Maybe eight hundred. There are guys out there that do yep. that. Um, so, so we're in a good spot now. You got to realize that, like all the guys that are there right now, they're going to have a some type of you know time stamp on them. Yep. What, whatever that like is, the clock is ticking. The yeah. clock is ticking unless they end up kind of doing this weird thing like me. Um, so, I think it's a real good spot. What I like right now in the industry is I like the young guys that are hungry and that are kind of coming up with their own shit, right? Like, like being innovative. Yeah. They're being innovative in a, in a point where you're like, like I'll, I'll see something. I'll be like, huh, that's kind of interesting. You know? Um, I think that's great. Um, you know, the bad part about that is you see a lot of guys who maybe say in the past five, three to five years, they're so, into one thing that they're not spreading their wings and looking yep. at, at other stuff. Yep. And, um, that could get stagnant at some point. Yeah. I think the consumer recognizes that they're going to get stagnant with that right. and they're going to be looking for those other things. Like, like that would be a, a selfishly, I would say, I'm glad I'm a multi-instrumentalist at this point, you, you know, I whether it's pistol way. or carbine or scoped or, or the tactics or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, one of the things in the past three to five years with the new influx of people that I've seen not be there, uh, and one of the things I failed to mention to you, is combatives. Yep. There's, there is, you know, the integrated combatives piece that I started basically in 2010, where we're doing the pistol stuff with the blade stuff, with the hand stuff. Mm-hmm. Um if you go back and look, I mean, people literally called us crazy. They said, you guys, this is fucking, it's never going to catch on. Crazy. What's this knife shit? You know, blah, blah. Um, you look at it 
by 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. you couldn't swing a dead cat without everybody's a blade guy now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, well, I didn't, I didn't see you back in the aughts, you know, like what, do you, you know, um, and that was me and the Psyot guys kind of getting that going on, but we don't see any new combative stuff in the industry. Um, now if you're strictly into the shooting piece, I think that's fine. But when you look at it as a complete system and the way that I teach my classes, you know, here's what I tell cops every day. You know what every patrol cop does at least once a day? Touches people. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, anymore, you're going hands-on. seems he's, constantly. He's touching somebody at some point. Yeah, because I mean, people are just pissed these days. They, um, they think they can say And even if he's not touching somebody, he, the, he, him and that other guy are within, in each, inside each other's rack. Space. Gap. Yep, yep. And, 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 and that, so, so we've seen a lot of good shooters come in, whether it's been carbine, whether it's been pistol, whether it's been scoped rifle in the past, you know, three, five to six years. Um, but I have not seen anybody come in recently. That's a combatives guy. Now, like David Acosta, you're talking about, yeah, you could say that, but, but he's been doing combatives his whole fucking life. Yep. You know, it's not like he, so he might be the, the odd bird out there. There's going to be a few of those. Um, but, but that's a missing piece I see. Uh, where do I see it going? I think, you know, with social media the way it is, um, I think it can only get better as long as you can filter through the differences between a marketing company mm. and a training company. Mm-hmm. I think what we've seen in the past three to five years is we've seen people who are gravitating toward the firearms and the shooting side of it to sell hats and t-shirts or whatever the fuck it is they're selling. Yep. Yeah. You know, it, I mean, you, we could sit here uh, an entire podcast and name the stuff they're yeah. selling, yep. but they ain't doing training. Right. Um, that's probably going to get worse before it gets better. I, I agree with you. Even though we have a lot of people in the industry that are trying to police it up. Um, I mean, I'm not one of those guys. I just don't have the personality for it. It's just, I could, you know, and I could get, well, the other thing is I'm working so much, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm not, I'm it's not, I'm not scrolling the gram every day. I do my post every day. And you know, if, if you see me on the gram posting or commenting or whatever, it's probably because I'm stuck in traffic or I'm sitting <laughs> in an airport waiting on a flight. But I think it's good. We have some of these guys policing this up because you know, what's happening consumer wise is they do have a lot of good choices mm-hmm. for whatever they want to do. But at the same time, you've got a marketing company over here that th- they, they, I can't make a video like they make. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, you can't even film on Gov Ranges, so it's like <laughs> you could forget that. It's, it's, gonna really have good, to, it's a really good point. It, man. It's going to have to be during open enrollment. Um, the other thing is, you know, uh, the the person, one of those people from the last three years, who's the new gun owner, the most we've ever had, by the way, in the history of this country. Mm-hmm. They scroll through and they see this great video. Look at this, man! A lot of production, well, very yeah. good production value, creating content. Right? I, that word is mind boggling to me. <laughs> Well, well, that, that, that person's not, if they're doing training, they're doing training, you know, once a month or once a quarter Mm -hmm. or some bullshit just to make more fucking, and the stuff they're putting out is, is bullshit anyway. It's hard to filter through that, man. It is hard. And I can't tell you how many students I've had where they're like, well, I went to this class and I went to this class. And I'm like, how was that? They're like, we didn't do anything. Like it was, they took pictures all day. The guy was on his phone. Um, Yeah. You hear it referred to as the $600 mistake. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's hard to, so I think future wise, you're going to see more marketing companies because between social media, between movies, you know, John Wick 4 just came out. 
you know, the gun's a cool thing, right? The gun's this interesting thing, part of Americana, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to have more marketing companies trying to sell their wares through mm-hmm. firearms, even though they really don't sell firearms. The big problem that comes about with that is these marketing companies get to the point where, you know, they they don't have, you know, I mean, I think I've got like 25,000 followers or some shit. Like, okay. I've, I've got less than anybody, I can tell you that. Um, they've got 500,000. They've right. got 350,000. Right. And their reach is more. Now this guy goes, he's this marketing dude, but he's like, you know what? I think I'll bid on that contract. Yep. And and this has happened in the past five years. And I mean, it's not just me saying this. I mean, we could we could name the guys that that do most of the heavy lifting on the gov side. Um, and again, there's not many of them. You know, a lot of us spend a lot of time now fixing problems. That's the contract. We go in and unfocus. Th- this marketing company has come in. They have no idea what they're doing. You know, it's bad on two aspects because. You've got middle management now mm. in the government, uh, military, federal side, police departments. You've got middle management that are that are millennials, and they have relationships with these people and followers, and, and, and that's how they pick training. Yeah, they go, well, this guy's got a great Instagram. He's got five hundred thousand followers. That he he's must, got this great he's an video. Yeah. It must be good. It, they can train. They're training so good that they can have a media team. Yeah, and I'm like, I've never seen that with a, with a good training company. I've never seen that. So. So now, you know, this marketing guy thinks he's actually somebody he's not. The middle manager, who's a, a, a social media kind of a dude because mm-hmm. of how he, his age, he brings him in. It's a fucking nightmare. It's a shit show. It, it's a shit show beyond shit shows. It's it's going through the fucking automated car wash in a convertible with the top down. And then people like me <laughs> have to go in and fix the problem. And I tell people this all the time, man. I, and I'm not, I, I have no ego about it. I make money fi- fixing other people's problems because they, 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 by the time they realize that this five day or 10 day or three day or whatever course is over and they're like, not a, you know, the instructor had an ND. He pointed a live gun at somebody. Uh, what, what I've heard it all. I, oh dude. Uh, uh, it's, it's deep. And, and they call back and they go, Hey man, we, we'd still like to bring you in for that thing. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you told me you went with somebody else. Like, yeah, we we still need you to come in. I'm like, well, hey, price hasn't changed. You know, I mean, like it it is what, you know, and you go in and, and now you gotta fix this thing. This is common, man. This is a common thing in this in in the higher piece of this industry with contracting. So so that's the bad part of it. I mean, the good part of it is there's so many guys out there nowadays pushing standards. Yep. You know, um, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to to, to hoist some kind of bragging flag. But before I started shooting bullseyes at 25 fast, nobody did it. They did it in 10 minutes. That was the standard. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, it was a joke, you know? And I was shooting CMP shit back then, right? Talk about competition. I'm like, this is, I, I don't even have the fucking patience for it. <laughs> um, I can, I, if we started right now, I can name you 20 companies that the guy can burn down a 25 yard bull super fast yeah real fast i mean like you know yeah. so like think about it's that. almost it's almost that's the standard now. i mean that's the standard now right it's like um you know like um you know sub one and a half second concealed draws in a half a zone is, right. is kind of the thing now right that's like that's like the deal like be consistent at it, don't throw misses blah 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 i mean i can name guys left and right that can do it well though most of those guys are are sub five-year guys 
in the industry. I think it's great. I love it. They're shooting like, a lot. They're shooting a lot, man. Some, I mean, it's, it's good. It's great. I love seeing it. It's, uh, you know, if anything, it's just going to make me go harder. <laughs> so, I, mean, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, again, I don't, I'm not like, oh, this guy's young. He's 20. He's got 20 years over on me. And, you know, I'm not worried about it. I'm just going to be like, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll train more. How about that? You, you know? <laughs> yeah. I hear the, uh, the nobody's going to work harder than me, you know, thing. From yeah, lot, at least from, in my mind. <laughs> from a lot of people, but I don't really think they understand what that means. It's the same, yeah. you know, again, I say this and people get after me about it. It's like, you know, back in my day, you know, or whatever. I, that's just, that was just the attitude. Like, you didn't have to say it. You just did it. It's like, well, you just got to work harder. You got yeah. to keep doing it. And I think, you know, what I see are a lot of feelings getting hurt out there because somebody can come in and do what you said. Uh, and that being a big company, a big marketing company that happens to do some firearms instruction, yeah. uh, you know, can get a big contract or all of a sudden seemingly somebody's on the, you know, on the, you know, on the, f- the front page of social media for the day or whatever about all the, all the cool shit that they're doing or whatever. They, they happen to land a cool product that did well or a cool shooter or yeah. whatever. Somehow people are moving up and, and this goes back to the, you know, getting, <sighs> being upset that somebody is doing okay. Like we were, we were, you were talking about the, you know, I've just reached out to people, see if they need some help. Like, I just want to make yeah. sure, make sure people don't, don't um, make the same mistakes that I made. It's the opposite mentality, which is so weird. Like, Hey, this guy's getting up, you know, and that, that makes me feel weird. Like right. maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was, which for me was always like, I want to be in the room with the guys that are way better than me. Um, and now that was, that was like my, my, my old office in the military. That's it's built on that. Yeah. It's like, who's it's, the best, you know, and it's constant. I mean, and it's, you know, as a co- like, if you're a coach, right. If you're a coach of a of an NBA team or whatever, you call it whatever team you want. The job of the coach is to put the best players on the court, right. That give the team, the organization or whatever, the best chance to win, mm-hmm. right? That is, that's exactly their job. And so that might change from one game to the next one situation to, to the next, because there's situational things that happen, you know, uh, along the way somebody gets hurt, right? Or, okay, well that could change the entire lineup because everything's built around this one person or, yeah. or whatever else. For me, that was like, that was the interesting part of sports, right? Is like, what is the strategy to getting better for this particular circumstance mm-hmm. versus no, I just need to be better and I'm watching all these other people and I'm comparing myself to them. And so if I just do this better than they do, then I should be, somebody should wave a wand at me and say, oh, you're, you're the best now, you know, versus you might be the best right now. Right. But there's always somebody that's going to be better than you. And so you were saying like, occasionally you see, you see some of the younger guys or newer guys, if you will, the three to five year guys going, huh. That's interesting. I'm like, not bad. I've been doing this for however long and I've never seen that before. That's a little bit of a different take versus like, oh, that fucking, that's dumb. That's stupid. That'll never work. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about because he only has three to five years or he has no practical application of this or whatever. I think it's a, it's a mindset thing of, of, of looking at things objectively and, uh, with again, experience and wisdom and being able to kind of pick out the pieces that matter and don't. But you also suggested going back to the government stuff and then hiring on people that have no idea and you having to go in and unfuck them. There's that piece too. That could get real frustrating for people. Uh, Oh yeah. 
and especially you, if they're limited on funds. Yes, they've they've chose bad. You know, it's like the Indiana Jones movie when he's when he's trying to get the cup of Christ. Remember? Yeah, yeah. And it's like the old man's like, "You've chose poorly." Oh yeah, and yeah, he yeah. Turns to turns to turns shit to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, um, you, you know, it, it's um, it, it, we could spend time talking about how dirty contracting is in the gov side, and it's dirty. I mean, you know, there's always, especially if you get a guy who leaves a unit and now he's a pro shooter. <laughs> and his buddy is now in ops at that unit and they can make it, you know, you got a little nepotism thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you also have, um, you know, you've got contracting officers. They don't really know what they're looking at. Right. And if it's a three bid thing and we're going for the lowest bid, I mean, they, they, you know, it's, it is what it is. Uh, uh, I, I, I have a hundred percent seen, uh, multiple times a marketing type company and even somebody maybe that's a little nefarious, underbid a job to the point where it, it, it does, wouldn't make sense for it's you. like bizarre yeah. like like i'm looking at it and you know one of the things is a lot of times we have to know who who won and and we and it's like of course we all talk to each other you know afterwards and yeah. i'm like hey who got this well he got this and he, he you know he's charging you know five thousand dollars for a five-day class for 40 people i'm like whatever that, you can't even pay for first off you're gonna have to take at least three instructors with you couldn't even pay for airfare and hotel and per diem yeah, for your own people so it's like a that's a tuition payment on the some kind of guarantee that you're gonna get the next contract well you know why a lot of guys do it is they now they have built past performance through the federal system especially a marketing company i'm this big marketing company i have trained ironclad Boom, 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 boom. Not a lie. You have, right. even though you, it was a shit show, you really didn't do anything and you got it by underbidding it to the point that you, you actually, there's no way you made money on it. You paid to be there just for the sole purpose of you being able to say you trained that particular unit. So this goes back to the getting worse before it gets better, because this is yeah. going to have to go on for a little bit longer before the word gets out that these guys keep fucking this up and these other guys have to keep coming in. Right. Kyle has to keep coming in and cleaning it up. Oh, and it's not just me. There's other guys too. You know, that's what I mean. Yeah, when I said that, I, I get it. You're not the only guy. There's yeah. other guys that are out there doing the same yeah. thing, and they're running a quote unquote low profile. Yeah, doing it. They're not talking about it. Talking about this all the yeah. time. I think it's healthy to talk about it. And I don't hear you doing it in a way. It's like, hey, this is some dirty secret that everybody should know. It's more just like it is what it is. It I is. Mean, this is business. Of, yeah. Right. This is the business right now. This is where we're at. And it's exactly the question I asked, which was. Where do you see this going? And you can, again, you're coming at it from the government side of things. So here's this other conversation that's happening all the time with, you know, in the civilian crossing over into the LEO world. Because again, going back to your statement, you know, there's not a lot of mill talk anymore because there's nothing to really talk about. There's no, there's no immediate conflict conflict right right now. And uh, we could get, we could go down a whole other, you know, probably rabbit hole here of why we probably need something like that to bring the country back together to continue to, to, to clean things up and whatever is as awful as that might sound. Um, there's positive things that come from, come from those things. But the point of this is, is this ongoing sort of parallel conversation that government doesn't get enough training. It's never going to get enough training. And, um, you know, if you want to get better, you have to go out and you have to seek this instruction or these, these things on your own, you need to compete. And, um, I think it's all, it's all good. But what, what I hear you saying is, is like parallel to this at the government level at some, in some places, not every place you couldn't even probably say that. So that. This is not Kyle saying that. This is Scott saying yeah. this, that it's actually getting way worse. It's not like it's maintaining. It's not like it's going to get any, but it's going to, it, it's get, it's been getting worse. 
and it could get way worse before it gets better. I, I think uh, so. Yeah, I, okay. I think it'll get worse before it gets better. But uh, but I also believe that when you look at the true marketing companies in it, that are doing it for the wrong reasons or to or to sell their their socks or whatever the hell it is they're selling. Uh, I mean, how long are they going to do that for? That, that's my point. They're not going to do it. You know, maybe two to three more year more run, and and sooner or later they're going to get to the point where you know this is like we can sell socks anyway. Yep. You know, we can put a chick in a bikini because, and sell socks. Because they have 500,000 followers, they're going right. to do some damage. It's, they're yeah. going to do damage yeah. regardless. So I, I think that will clean up a little bit. Um, you know, another another interesting point to that to that whole thing is, um, you know, we I, I do a lot of, of law enforcement stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done you know, big time law enforcement type things where I, I'm getting a, a section of the country or whatever for, okay. for something. Obviously I can't do that by myself. I start, you know, reaching out to people and sure. you know, doing that kind of thing. Um, the law enforcement world is where I see a lot of the, of the Instagram shopping for an instructor, thing. Yeah. um, especially a middle to higher management. And, um, and that, that has, that creates a problem sometimes. And I mean, to a problem to, you know, at a certain point when you're, especially when you're dealing with tactics or TTPs that, that mm. the U S military has essentially written a book on and you're violating that. It's like, you know, like, Whoa, dude, you know, like that's, that's, that's one thing about this industry. That's, that's odd. We don't have a professional association. No, doesn't exist. Right. There's no, there's no certifying, organizing, regulating right. body for any of this. Now, now me and another dude tried to do this years ago. Okay. We tried to do it in 1314. And, um, as you can expect, most people are like, Oh, hell no. Right. You know, like, like, like this should be a minimum standard of performance. If you're an instructor, there, there's, there's pros and cons and challenges. There's pros that. and cons. And so we don't have that. And okay. We don't have that. The other thing we don't have going back to one of the things you were talking about just a few minutes ago, have you ever noticed like in every other industry and we can name them surf industry, motorcycle industry, your industry, mm-hmm. it's rare that you have as much tearing down as you have in the firearms industry, which is bizarre beyond belief to me. Um, and, and I know, you know, I, I know guys in the surfing, I know a couple of pro surfers through, you know, Ryan Hurley who, you know, Hurley surf. Yep. Um, the motorcycle industry, I know guys left, right, and center uh, just because of uh, just You've 20 years, it. 30 years of riding a motorcycle. Um, it, it's just interesting that, like, you know, we don't have that. There's no, there's no, hey, good job. It's it's always, you see these people, and I don't, that's what, that's what scares me future-wise about the industry. So one of the things, maybe this podcast, what I would hope to do is I'd hope to, all these guys that have come in the, in, in the present, you know, the five-year guys or whatever in the past, right? You know, there's enough money to go around. Yeah, there's a huge. Pie I, I tell out there, you what, man. if you don't get nothing from this podcast, get this. I've been doing this longer than a lot of people. There's enough money for everybody. We ain't fighting over yeah. the one student. This 300%. is not a. This is not a. It's not even logical when you think about it. Especially when you look how big this country is. <laughs> you know, I can't go everywhere. Right. You know, like these other guys can't go everywhere. So, so I think guys need to look at it more of a of um not not being so uh trying trying to find a fault with a dude and 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 whatever especially when he does something good you know like he wins a championship and shooting or you know he's the fucking whatever blah blah you know he pulled off this or pulled off that i, I think that is uh 
you, you've got to look inward at a certain point and go, I'm a part of this industry. How come we're not like that? And everybody else is. I, I could not agree with you more. For me, it is, uh, it's a bit exhausting, man. Oh, it wears me out. That's why I don't do anything. That's why I post and I get the fuck out. That's, so that's the thing. I think it keeps a lot of good people out because it doesn't seem like, even if they said something positive, somebody will find something to rip, rip mm-hmm. them apart on. It's, yeah. It is very odd. And I think part of it stems from that what, and, and you brought up the combatives, and so I'm, I'm, I want to circle this into the, that conversation, and, and that is, I think I think a lot of that stems from people get their egos wrapped around it. I mean, I think that's the first thing, right? There's a, there's an ego thing, there's an attachment, you know, a personal or an, an emotional yeah. attachment to whatever the thing is, whoever the person is, whatever the system is, what, whatever, whatever that, whatever. Then the, the other part about it is there's, unlike those other industries, from a performance perspective, what is the measurable performance in this, pers- in this pers- uh, right. specific genre? The measurable, per- measurable performance is you get into a fucking real life shooting sure. where you're having to defend yourself or you get into, you know, or you're having to, you're in a knife fight, right? Or, you know, something like that. And the reality of that is, is that's the, the percentage of that happening is yeah. generally pretty low, right? For the, for the majority of people out there that are the ones actively involved in this media piece, right? right. The other guys are, you know, like if in your past life, like we don't fucking talk about this. Right. Right. Like, and we, by the way, everybody's done it. It's like taking trash out. It's not, it's not even a drama. It's like, dude, like who, who hasn't shot a bunch of people? Yeah. So there's, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? so like, there's that part of it. Right. So, but the, again, the onlooker, the observer right. that has no idea about any of that is looking at it going, well, this day, you know, like this dude seems to know everything and he's talking like he does. And he says, he's been to all these places and he's killed all these people and he's been in all these incidents. He's told all these cool war stories, yeah. whatever. So they're latching onto it. Here's, here's my point. There's no measurable way to say whether this dude is right or is wrong. Right, right. Very subjective. It is very. And so this, the closest thing you All can, you can do is shooting standards. That's all you can do. Is shooting standards. You can't do anything else. So you can go, but however, you can go compete, right, at USPSA, IDPA, whatever. Right. And so there are some things that can be measured there, but that still doesn't equate to a gunfight. Right. Right, or a knife fight or, a, you know, some type of combative situation or whatever. And so- it leaves room. Yes. It leaves a lot of room. So I got two things on that. You just sparked me, my mind. That's why I put a dip in. I got fired up. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, so yes, it's, subject, it, it's subjective. Um, now, what, what you could say, if you really take the ego out of it, what I do for a living, which is train people, how good are my students? Yeah. That should be the measuring stick. Like from a from an objective perspective, right. like, like what are the incidents that have been in? Right. What have they done? Or even, how do they compete? Even in class. So what I uh, do, uh, I, and I, I know there's a couple of other guys have, have started doing this, but but what I've done for a long time, I literally have each student, they they physically are writing their times and scores down. Yep. They're keeping so, track. So at that, the end of the day, I have them take a picture of it with their iPhone. And I'm like, hey, just so you're tracking. If you're wondering what you spent 750 bucks on, here's what when you showed up. Here's where you are now. Mm-hmm. Boom, Dunsky. So, so there, you can measure that. Now, there's going to be a lot of guys in this industry that are not going to be willing to do that because their That's instruction, them. right? Their instruction maybe not. Yep. Can't get. And, and I'm not saying the two. It's also your, your standard. What you're teaching right, is different right. than what I'm teaching today. So. So, so that's an interesting point. Now, now individually, 
the shooting test or the competition is the way to do it. But, you know, um, as you know, me putting the info out is, is, 50% of this thing. Yes, they have to watch me do it and I demo everything. I demo ad nauseum like to the point where it's like, you know, they see me do it multiple times cold. Uh whatever it is. But you know the transfer, right? Me me however I do it. And that's another thing about being being in it for a while. If you do it long enough, you're going to realize and here's the thing, you're going to realize quickly. You're going to see that person and go, "I know how to talk to that person right there." That's so And huge. I hate to say this and it and people will People who don't know how to coach or teach will argue, but coaches and teachers will agree. I can tell by gender. I can tell by race. I can tell by a lot of different... I can tell you where you care. How I can talk to you. How I can steal time back from the class because I'm going to say it to you different than I'm going to say it to somebody else. It's so, so, weird. so you're saying this and some people, again, going back to feelings, they might get very like... <gasps> Did he just say what I think he said? Uh, absolutely, I did. Exactly. <laughs> and exactly, and with confidence. Yeah, right. because I know it's true. That's the point. <laughs> because I've worked, so again, paralleling in my own career in, in sort of history, I've worked all over the country. Every major metropolitan city there is. I've spent weeks in them, going into different facilities, dealing with different levels of management, customer, career paths, and whatever else. And I agree with you a thousand percent. Yeah. You cannot walk into every room handle it the same way and expect the same outcome. No, you cannot. And that's not just, well, yeah, cause you're going to have different abilities. No, there are a lot of other factors. And if you don't believe that that's cause you haven't been in it long enough. That's to correct. Understand and it. that might, that might be the five year guy, whatever it, it, you know, and it's regional too, you know, oh, for sure. You know, there's culture involved here, man. Yeah, cal- yeah. California culture, California shooting culture, which is a great shooting culture, by the way. I'm happy to hear it's you say that freaking phenomenal. I will say this right now. I don't make sure that because your podcast is probably going to be the most popular one I've ever been on. California shooting culture is one of the best. And a lot of people cannot wrap their mind around that because of the gun laws and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. One of the best by far. Um, now, you do a class in the Bay Area. You, you, you're going to teach a certain way because, and, and I've, dude, I've, I've, you know, I spent a year of my life in SoCal. So, um, the difference would be go to a go to a, a class in Tennessee, mm-hmm. in middle t- middle southern Tennessee, right above the Alabama line. They they need you to say it a different way, and I'm not don't don't anybody infer this. I'm saying they're dumb and they need to say it slower. It's it's that there's there's differences culturally about what you can get away with in one place and what you can't get away in another, and the way that you say those things will steal time back for you as an instructor in the class. This is what makes the world go round. Oh, yeah. 100%. So whoever you are, whatever, if you're listening out there going, oh, this motherfucker, I can't believe he just said that. 100%. It is, he's, I could not agree with you more. And, and if and you can say that one. about me too, because I don't think you're wrong at all, dude. You get, you get a pipe hit military unit, and I mean like, like dudes that, you know, their job is DA. That's what they do. They don't build bridges in the hospital. You're putting it out different. You're, you're putting the info out differently. 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you believe that, and you know that to be true, if you're, you're a civilian, you're in the military, you're law enforcement, whatever else, if you believe what you just said to be true, like, oh, of course. Like, of course you're going to talk to that group different. Then why does it make any difference about what you just said about these other groups and these other areas and these other ways? Because you can't have one without the other, man. It is right. the same from a, from a, theoretically, it's the same. Yeah. And so, but when, and, but when you go out there and you actually apply this stuff, you'll find out. Yeah. 
that you're not wrong. Right. You're not wrong. And the other point I was going to bring up that I didn't want to forget is you brought up like real world, like in, in the shooting thing, you know, the reality is, especially a cop, he's going to do 25 years. He's never going to pull his pistol out. I mean, that's, that's the majority. And I hope that that's, I hope it's, yeah, I mean, but the other thing is one of the most dangerous things in this particular line of work that people don't understand real world success does not mean you trained correctly. Mm. Because if, if we look at it, I mean, we can break out our phones right now on YouTube and I can find, I'll bet you in sub five minutes, I can find 50 videos. Like body cam videos? Body cam videos that no sights, low hit percentage, shoot to slide lock, but won the gunfight. Right. Doesn't mean you trained correctly. So that's why, you know. It goes back to, the, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's subjective, but at a certain point, you can't. You can't just this guy that comes in. I've been in you know nineteen gunfights and I won them all. It's like, well, what they look like, dude? You know, like, you know, yeah. Here's your one on video, and you went to slide. What? You didn't need to shoot the guy fifteen times. You missed fucking thirteen. You hit twice. And I mean, by the you know way, were you were you by yourself or were there other people there? Yeah, you yeah, know, it's like um, yeah. so. That's a thing that that I think you try to get rid of that subjectiveness with performance. Hey, bro. If you can shoot this small target at this speed from this distance, that is a that's a way better consistent consistent measure. way to go into that possible real gunfight. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Um, I tell people like somebody asked me for advice one time, and I I, <laughs> I was like, uh, "You're asking me for advice? Like I've I've done one thing my entire life, you know? Like um, you know, I've never." You know, CQB, I've never not been current in CQB as far as like teaching it goes ever. Like, you, but, I mean, just been doing it. For I've as been doing it, been you know, it. so it's like a joke. I can do it one way, you know, um, which I want to bring up another thing on that uh, about, you know, teaching in different units. Make, make sure you remind me. But like I, I, somebody asked me one time and I said, look, man, I had to think about it because I'm not a, I'm not a smart guy like that. And um, but I. I pondered it for a long time. A lot of motorcycle rides, okay. a lot of, a lot of Tampa to, to DC rides, a lot of DC to Maine, a lot of, you know, be prepared to be lucky. Mm. That's what I would tell people in shooting, in tactics, be prepared to be lucky. And that's deep. You know, lucky is in the competition. Um, my my sight, you know, on the fifth shot, I I I overgripped the gun a little bit and I, I induced a little bit of wrist movement, but I got lucky and hit because I know what acceptable sights look like. I can predict that the, that's probably going to hit, and I got a little lucky on that. Okay, but the preparation and getting that luck is a fucking shit ton of bill drills. Mm. Um, a lot of people are not prepared to be lucky. You know, a lot of newer guys in the industry. You know, what's going to happen one day when the phone call or the email comes in, they're like, hey, bro, we want you to come and train five days for this unit. Well, that ain't the time to be going out. You know, it's figuring it's, it out. It's <laughs> two weeks prior. And you're like, oh, I need to burn some reps. Be prepared to be lucky. Hmm. Um, you know, that's if you think about that, that is essentially in my military life. That is. And that's not what we say there. I, did, I came up with that, but but what I'm that is that is the the point. Everything we do, right. whether it's a malfunction drill with a parachute, whether it's dive procedures when you run out of O2, 
doesn't matter what it is. We're preparing to get lucky. You know, hey. The shit's bad. I had a freaking main malfunction mm-hmm. on opening. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my fault. I got lucky that it didn't horse you. Mm-hmm. I got lucky that it didn't roll into a complete cigarette and get me in a worse body position. The preparedness piece, I know my malfunction procedures. You, you know, like... I don't think a lot of people are prepared to be lucky in any aspect. I mean, uh, it could be a, a job like you do. And it's like all of a sudden Mark Dwight calls up and says, Hey man, mm-hmm. uh, I need some help on the next, uh, uh, justice league movie. That'd be a big call. And you're like, okay, okay I'm ready. You know, th- <laughs> yeah. that's what I tell people is be ready for that. Don't, don't let that happen and be like, Oh, sorry, dude, I'm not ready. Yeah. Cause it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the podcast. I get a big job. And it's like, I can't do it by myself. I have no ego in it. I start, dude, the, the phone comes out. And I'm, hey, can, what are you doing? You know, hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Well, I need those guys now, and there's not a lot of them to call. Mm. And, um, you know, every one of those dudes I call, they're like, yep, be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's deep. <laughs> it is deep. It's, it's going to take, this is not, they're going to listen to this. It's going to take you a few days to figure that one no, out. I think it. I think you are you are talking in the same like in parallel similarly but different. Like there are a few people out there that are they're trying to get this message across, but you what you again this is not to take away from the consumer of it of what they're saying and what you're saying or the listener by any means. But I don't think they're quite ready to hear that yet. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh yeah, no. Because no. they haven't spent long enough to understand what that really means. Yeah. And I think I understand uh, what you're what you're saying conceptually, um, and it's it's in the reps. We talked we yeah. talked about it being in the reps, and you have to go through the mistakes and the being able to diagnose what you actually did, like not just getting through that stage, and not you have to be able to get through that stage and know that you did get lucky. Yeah, that's the first step, right? And then understand like what was it that I did to be lucky in your past, but also what exactly happened right there that I was able to feel, sense, react to, predict. Yeah. It was your preparation. Exactly. And that only comes, that only comes with the reps. And for, for you guys out there that don't get the Mark Twight, um, you know, reference, uh, if you think CrossFit is, you know, been the only <laughs> thing forever, then check out, yeah, Mark Twight's one of the, the originator of Jim Jones. He's, guys, he's a friend. He's a... Uh, He's uh he's, he's a fucking legend. Uh, he is. He's uh, a legend in my business. Man. I can't even. But a lot of guys my age. Again, I'm an old timer, so a lot of people are like who, who the fuck is this? Like, I start googling. You've all ever you seen the movie Three Hundred? That one really. That one probably really put him on. Yeah, the map. and that, yeah. those guys not CGI. Yeah, those those guys look like that. Yeah, there's some old YouTube video of that. Like, what where guys in this industry might go? Yeah, I remember the old Mag Magpul VHSs. The YouTube videos of of that training for those for those guys oh, yeah. for for, uh, for three hundred was that in our industry yeah. for 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 a period of time. It's interesting. Dude, he helped me out. Um, I've had a couple of injuries. Just it's just age and wear, you know. Because I used to do ultra marathons, and I, I you know I've, I've I've got some wear, right? Um, I got to a point where I couldn't run. I had a torn meniscus in the left knee, and I got this bursitis thing in my right foot, which I'm, I'm kind of over now, and I'm back to running, but but not ultras anymore. I'm kind of a 5K guy now. Oh, just five, just not ultras, just 5K. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's a big deal for me. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I called Twight up. I texted him, and I was like, hey, man, like, I can't run. Yeah. And, and like the bike, uh, a road bike on my schedule, it's just not. Yeah, you don't have yeah, the time. I, I don't have, I can't, I can't, can't carry it everywhere, it. Yeah. you know. 
I need to keep cardio to a certain spot. I, I got to like, help me like help, you know, again, no ego, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, mm. so he sends me this burpee workout. <laughs> I'm done. Dude. I, yeah, I'm not. And I'm like, and I, you know, as with most, most <laughs> things in my life, I started the first time I did it, I was like, I'm not gonna, I, I don't have the balls to text him and go, dude, yeah. that fucking crushed my soul. Yeah. And, uh, but I got to the point where I could do it. And then I started actually adding to it and getting it even higher than what Sounds he, miserable. It was miserable as fuck. But the point is in a one year time frame that I could not run when I started running again, I lost nothing. Uh, my, because I could keep the, I could keep the HR where it needed to be. Mm. And, uh, so I'm always thankful for him for that. And, uh, I've got some funny stories. Uh, I wasn't there, but I've got a couple of funny stories of him training some dudes and it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's pretty it's good. Brutal. It's brutal. Again, <laughs> check, check, check out some of those old videos on YouTube. I mean, this shit is, it's, it was dirty. It was, it was, uh, when I say dirty, I just want to say it was like, you could not replicate this place, you know, where they were training yeah. at, like in the mountains there in Utah or whatever yeah. else. Like it was at altitude, uh, it's a warehouse kind of thing, garage. It was the original garage type gyms, you know, it oh, was yeah. like there, no heat, no, no air conditioning. Dude, yep. It was and no no heat in Salt Lake in the winter. Yeah. I've I've got that rep, and I'm like, dude, yeah, mm. yeah. It's a uh, interesting again going back like paralleling things that that one definitely uh, hits a, hits a sweet spot for me. You know, before we we kind of start going on the the of wrapping this up, you, you mentioned something about there about CQB that you wanted to say. Well, yeah. So so one of the things too, like um, on it, it it really applies to tactics. Yep. For, for guys that are coming in the industry and, and, it, and, it, and it also applies to shooting in, in some aspects. I'll give you examples of both. You do this game long enough and you'll start to realize that the way that you do things, they might not be hiring you for that. You know, um, and it's hard for a lot of guys to, 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 to swallow that, that pill. Are you, are you making a a comparison against what you do, what you know, versus what their protocols and procedures. Correct. Correct. So that's going back to what we were talking about, you know, an hour ago or an hour and a half ago where, you know, be good with different guns, be good with different sighting systems, be good with different holsters and setups, because what if you get that call or you're training people and they're like, Hey man, this is how we do CQB. We do it this way. And it's not the way I did it in the military. It's not the way I did it real world in Afghanistan. Are you going to not take the job? Right. Now, at a certain point, you got to look at it. Some people would say, well, you're not experienced enough for it. It's like, well, but if I understand concept and principle um, more than I understand a drill or mechanics, Mm -hmm. concept and principle is the same. You know, we hear a lot, we hear a lot of people go, well, I do army CQB. Well, I do Navy CQB. <laughs> I'm like, let me, let me fill you in on something. We deployed with each other multiple times and neither place had a problem doing real world hits with the other joint. Concept and principle is the same. How you do it? Who gives a shit? Now being able to teach that, you know, you got to open your mind up a little a, bit, a right? A little bit. Yeah. Because if you're going to do this for a long time, and if you're going to do this at all varying different levels, it's going to happen. And it's going to happen in the shooting thing, you know? So an example in the shooting thing would be, um, you know, I come from a place where we will bring muzzles up high. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way so, it is. So, yeah. I mean, but, you know, it's a high port or low port? Right? High yeah. port, low port, right? It's a, <laughs> you know, funny. I, I got funny things on that too. Um, were you going to not take the job for the unit yeah. that only does low port? Yeah, I would say you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like if you can't adja- adjust or adapt to that, if you can't adjust, adapt, or so it's you can't adjust and you can't understand what that really actually means, right? For you. you don't have the experience level to rep it out. Which again, you were talking about. What do I do to stay current? I do it all. I mean, like, or you're you've both, got so much ego in it, you're like, fuck yeah. you, if this is the way to do it, yeah. it's my way. And it's like, bro, like, you're not going to be in this industry that long. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's people that don't, they can't do appendix carry. There are, there are units, there are commands, there are multiple places they don't do appendix. So what do you got? I've developed two of the best-selling appendix holsters of all time. Yeah. Well, I'm going to well, I'm not going. I'm not going to deny the job. Right. I'm going to wear three o'clock inside the waistbands. <laughs> what I'm going to do? Because you can. Because I can, and I'm good at it. Yeah. Because I rep it out. Man, that you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, I do. Um, I think there's you. You, know, you mentioned ego. Whether you can or you can't, as well. But there's also like if your if your belief system is that deep rooted, oh, that dude. you that you can't be open minded enough to look at like, well, maybe there's something to this, and I should go practice this, learn from something. Maybe go fucking take a class from somebody yeah. that is is doing this on a regular basis that has a good reputation or whatever, so that I can then take the good stuff with what I already know and put it into it, so I can then take that contract. Then you're not staying relevant, which is the last piece to this. Which is how do you stay relevant? Yeah, you make sure that you keep yourself marketable to all the different things that right. are offered to you, and you're not pigeonholing yourself into one thing. And that, that's that's an interesting thing as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. And I, this is a, a weird place for a lot of people to be, particular today and today's day and age with the, you know, the interwebs and Instagram and whatever, however you're advertising your businesses, you know, the, you're often encouraged to pick one thing. Like, what is yeah. it that you're going to be the authority on? Right. right. And then once you're there, like you have to, you have to marry yourself to that. And you are, if you go into fitness, like you are the physique guy, you are the weight loss guy, you only train females, you only train baseball players. You only train sprinters. This goes back to the specialization in, in, in everything. And there's a fear around knowing a lot about a lot of things because that might make you less marketable. Mm-hmm. I believe the exact opposite of that. Now, that means you have to work harder Correct. than that specialist to make sure you do stay relevant, and you do, which means you got to be well-read. You got to be well connected. You got to network. You got to do your homework. You got to be willing to grind. You got to be smart enough to know that all of those things are way more yeah. important than the notoriety that you might get right now or whatever else. Cause you, you're playing the long play. That's right. Not the short play. And uh, again, I, this is a really, I'm really glad you brought that up with the CQB thing because that has been a very hot topic now for I think the last couple of years. We, we laugh it, at it. The guys that that have done this—that's what we, I get. We, we it, 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 I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many, how many runs, real world, I've done with those guys. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I mean, it's like it's concept and principle. Listen, the fundamentals of CQB are the fundamentals of CQB. They're never going to change. Yeah, the difference between whether it's high port or low port has okay, nothing to do with it. Okay, we'll all go low port. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Right. We'll all go high port. Who gives a shit? Doesn't change doesn't, anything, right? Doesn't change a fucking thing. So that's the thing. So, like, again, but that's not a popular statement. No. Because if you've married yourself to something or that's your that's been your Instagram feed for the last, you know, whatever, that we only go high port and I've got, you know, I've got this 
YouTube video that has 140,000 views or right. 1.2 million views on me saying one thing for me to come back and change my mind and say something else. Right. Well, I can't do that. Yeah. Like that, that would make me look God bad. forbid you say you were wrong. Or just say, <laughs> you know what? I've changed my mind. Yeah. And here's why. And right. give some context to it. And by the way, when you do get that contract and in the statement of work, it says you, you should have an army, blah, 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 right. on the, on, in the house. You're going to need to call that dude up that you told to fuck off six months ago because yep. you don't like his Instagram video. Yeah, totally, man. Because that's the only dude that can do it. <laughs> or it, it could be Navy. It could be whatever. whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the thing. I think, like, that's what people need to be thinking about long-term, opening up, you know, kind of deal. That's so smart. I mean, that, and that's, that's wisdom of, of... Or it's just fucking up a lot and figuring it out like me. <laughs> that's wisdom, bro. I mean, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom and experience, So there's right? knowledge, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's knowing some things. And then there's wisdom, and that is knowing when to apply and when not to apply yeah. the knowledge. Um, and again, so with all those, with all that, again, feed a man, you know, fish versus teach a man to fish. Uh, you know, you mentioned um, being open-minded and... and the way you're staying relevant and not just with shooting, but yes, that's what you do. You make a living with the gun, right? right? And combatives. I, I didn't even mention yeah, that. I, I mean, mean, I make a good living doing combatives. That's a whole other, other con you know, concept here. And you, you did allude to it. And I think, you know, there's, there's something to be said for, again, making yourself more marketable and people are, here's the other things with like humans, particularly on Instagram is, we collectively get bored really easily. Right. But at the same time, again, if I'm trying to give uh, credit to humans and, and have faith in humanity, I also want to. I also want to give them give faith and acknowledgement to. They're gonna figure this shit out. They're gonna figure out that. Oh man, this this right. dude. And I've compared and contrasted like the fitness side of things. Like you, you mentioned, like there's dudes in the in the in the in the firearms industry and in the combatives industry, like that said you were fucking crazy. Like you know, or integrated combat. Yeah. This, early on, yeah, yeah. Early on, this is crazy. Or people, you know, looking at you going, um, you know, one way or another, I guess circling back, my, my point is, is like, we saw people clean up the industry like the, yeah. the and we're seeing people clean it up now and sticking to their quote unquote guns, no pun intended, yeah. <laughs> you know, on certain, on certain things. And it's not on, it's not on the detail. It's on the concepts, right. And, and sort of the theory, and how to practice it, mm -hmm. not like it has to be this way every time. So coming back to the combatives piece, like I see people are going to, are opening up to, oh, well, and again, going back to David, bringing David back up, like, okay, so you've been practicing that appendix thing for quite some time now, and you're really good at it. You got your sub one second draw, and you're your build drill from whatever, and whatever else. Well, what happens if the fight doesn't go that way? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what happens? Like, what, what happens if uh, you that somebody closes the gap on you and they get their hands on that. No, thing we before. got, we got plenty of answers. For that's, that. <laughs> that's my point. Right. And so people may not have realized it. Well, I got this and sitting in my waistband. And so I'm, yeah. you know, and I've done as well as influencer X in this yeah. drill from this, and this draw speed and my, 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 um, my part times are this on, on everything else. All right. Well, what, what if it doesn't work out like that for right. you, man? Like, that's coming around, right? Yeah. And it's a little different, different. Where the where I think the the farms industry is like, well, here's how you do it, and they're trying to teach through Instagram, or they're trying to teach to a test. That's yes, I hate that. I fucking miss. How it. do you do that in combatives? 
Right, but you can't. Well, you can't. You, you you can find a problem and you can show people the best way to do it. That's if and, it happens that way. Right. I, I would tell you on the combatives thing, uh Sayak Kali right now, we are we are light years ahead of anybody else. It's not it, it that is one thing, interestingly enough, in the past few years, especially because guys that are coming in are are not really wholly wholly combatives based it's more okay. in it's more really i'm a bjj black belt yep. i'm a bjj purple belt or what and it's like that's fine that's good we all did that back in the 90s by the way i mean we were yeah, good you know keep in mind though that in a fight real fight there's no ref there's no gi mm. there's no time limit you're not fighting somebody your same size. It, you know, there's a lot of things going on that you should, you don't want to be extremely sport based. Now we steal a lot of shit from BJJ, by the sure. way. Sure. A lot. There's a lot of good things to take from it. Right? But it, I would say one of the things industry wide and combatives is a very small part of this industry. Not like a lot of guys do it. Bill Rapier is probably the, you know, David, you know, there, there's, there's some guys that, that are doing it. We have seen, like, I would say in the past, post-COVID, you know, because that's a good benchmark for a lot of people because they can remember where they were and all that. We're we're not, it's, we are fucking light years and it's only getting better, you know, because and w- what I tell people, and I, and I didn't, this is not a PSYOC thing. It's, a, it's, it's my, it's, I, I, I don't know if I came up with it. I'm sure somebody said it for me, but th- there's no evolution without modification. Mm. And we have been modifying constantly through a 20 year conflict of training people to the point where it, it's like, you know, at a certain point you're like, well, I mean, we know what the best way to do it is. Let us show you, you know? And, and, it, and, and so I, I, it doesn't take me long to do it. I, I can just say, Hey, M4 weapon retention, rifle, what rifle weapon retention, show me what you got. And I will feed you an EOTech in no, no time, mm-hmm. you know? And then you give me about an hour and you'll have a solution to that. Um, and that's a real thing for a lot of people. And you could say the same thing with pistol, pistol right. weapon retention. Uh, you could say the same thing with just myriad of things with combatives. And um, that's one thing I am proud of with those guys is, is that, and I try to model my shooting piece kind of like off that as far as the modification goes to make the evolution the, the way it, it should be. And, and we know that because we're doing these different you know, you're not just seeing it from through one lens. No, we look yeah. at it, you know, all the way around. I think the I think the the lens is what we're talking about, and how people are being fed information, and also what they feed the thing that feeds it back to them, and the social media or whatever else, the Google or or whatever. If you feed it this, it's going to give you that that right, right back. The, one of the things that I recognize on the combative side, or, and when we when I talk about combatives, I think it's it's important that we sort of almost delineate like what we're really talking about here. And it's not the sport, right? right? It, it's, it's, it's not sport. It's and, and self. No, Cause I'm not going to the ground. I don't have a mat in real world. There's I don't, no rules. You know, there's no referee. There's no points. There's know, no any the, of those. The dude you're getting in a fight with his girlfriend's going to kick you in the head wearing a set of vans and kill you. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the reality of, of real shit. And, um, and so what I see in that, and, and that sort of subsection of all of this is a real respect to how that stuff actually gets put out there uh-huh. for the most part. Uh, for the guys that understand it the way maybe you understand it and some of the other other guys in your circle, it's like, hey, listen, like there's a way to, 
to explain this. There's a way to talk about this. And then there's some things that we just, we don't need to be talking about, Mm-mm. right? And that is much different than a lot of the other things we've been talking about right. today. Um, and because uh, number one, we understand it can be taken out of context and it probably will. If you put like a video out. Oh yeah, know, we, it's happened before. Yeah, it's it's going to get taken way out of context and, you know, the the comment section probably just turns into, you right. know, well, that's fucking murder, dude. Like, yeah. that's what that is. Yeah, I, you know, it could end in that. Yes, that's what it right. is. And so how, you know, how do you, I think at some point people are going to want to see and feel and get more of that because they're going to recognize, dude, like I'm very one-sided. I am very, yeah. you know, I'm really. Gun, gun doesn't solve all that's, problems. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm. <laughs> in I, fact, it'll get you into a lot more, of problems more, when you bring it out. That's what I was going to say. Know? More trouble than than you can even And if you've got a rifle slung, you've already got it out. And it's, just, you know, if somebody gets a hold of it or the sling, you, you got issues. So many things. And I think, again, having faith, like people are going to kind of come to realization of this and they're going to want more of this. So sort of the last questions and as we wrap up here, but how do you see the evolution of that happening? The, like the, the combatives piece, the integrative combatives piece happening in the future. Is there a better way taking all the lessons that you've learned and all the things that you've seen happen, they say through social whatnot, is there a way to do this and deliver this information so that it doesn't turn into the shit show that we see happening? There's going to be idiots. There's going to be a bit of this, but if, if there was a way, can you describe it? So it, twofold, uh, on the government military side, when we train people that are asking about it, we will, uh, you know, either go dry or sim or, or, okay. you know, paint or whatever. And without any instruction and literally show them. You know, because and, and that's always a weird Monday. Mm, I'm sure it is because they they minds are blown. People they've, are... they've 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 asked for this. They've paid for it. Here it is. You need to start. You've got to start that out with what do you have right now? Yeah, you have to kind of wipe the slate clean. I would imagine. And they're like, "Well, we're going to do. I'm going to muzzle strike you in the chest." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Go ahead. I'm not even going to wear a pad. I'm going to wear iPro gloves and a mouthpiece and a cup. That's all I'm wearing." You go ahead and do all your muzzle striking because it's never going to happen. And, you know, you'll get some guys, well, you guys know it's coming. And Well, okay. I'll do put my hands want. down. I'll put my hands up. I'll, you, whatever, you know, and you show them and they're like, oh. And then after they see that they, they get the training and they mm-hmm. see it and we're like, hey, check this out. And, and you're right. It is, this is a, this is a unicorn because mm-hmm. not a lot of people want to buy into that. Um, it's hard. It's hard to learn. It, it's oh, it's physical. It's you physical. Yeah, it's, you, you can't show up out of. And shape. there's a lot of egos. I mean, yeah. you got the the 20 year guy who's been like, you know, he. I've done 5,000 entries, and I'm like, well, how many of them were opposed? Hmm. How many of them were a guy who wanted to fight? So how many guys? Yeah, how many? Because that's a big shot, difference. How many, how many times you get shot back at? You know, um, on the civilian side, the other other piece that I do combatants in every class, every pistol and carbon class, I do it. Now I do an intro version of that a few hours, but it gets, it's enough to where people go, holy shit. Yeah. It opens. And I'm like, yeah, what are you going to, and I'll ask them, what are you going to do? If you didn't know what you just went through, what, what's your plan? What are you going to do? And they're like, well, I don't have one. I'm like, correct. Most people don't. And, and that now, and then from there, you know, guys can go off and now they can go train with 
a specific, you know, Tom Kyer or, mm-hmm. or you know, Carl Atienza or Harley Elmore or Bill Rapier or what, you know, now they can, hey, I want to do five days of just this. And, and you know, we get this thing going and, and that creates an entire mindset thing that's like. I, I think it's exciting. Oh, it's. Because the more guys I talk to and the more I kind of explore and get into this, the more you realize how much is out there to be learned. Right. Um, and But also it, it, you also, for me, I also look at it go, as this stuff starts to pick up steam and people start to understand this, I think the comments sections in a lot of these these oh they're hilarious uh, yeah but I think it'll change yeah because I think the guy that can be sitting there kind of the way I put this is the dude that's sitting there in his mom's basement under his Lightning McQueen sheets eating his fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just lighting up the comments section in every way he can right. but but loses his breath climbing to the top of the stairs yeah. from the basement to his mom's kitchen. That shit starts going away after a while because they start to realize, like, even if even, this is a guy, this could be a dude that spends five five days a week on the range too, they recognize it's it almost turns into like, oh, that's all you got, yeah. Because if that's all you got, yeah, then th- we're not even having a fucking conversation right. anymore. Um, th- so there's a little bit of like excitement in in my mind about kind of what how things evolve over yeah. time, and that is not to take away from many of these super talented coaches to te- you know, uh, shooters, no, competition no, no. shooters at no, all. I mean, it's like, but if the reason you jumped into this is because you're trying to be a protector of your family and, you know, be a protector of yourself, your community and whatever else, the gun's going to be the last thing you they, use. And I don't think a lot of people, they still haven't realized that yet. And the yeah. responsibility that that carries, um, you know, when by carrying, um, and the, the fact that probably more people end up getting themselves into trouble or could get themselves yeah. into trouble because they have an overinflated self ego and self confidence about what they what they're actually right. capable of doing, and then obviously you've mentioned it several times. We got more gun owners. I would venture to say more gun carriers than we've ever had in the history yeah. of the country or the world, for that matter. Right here in the United States, um, there's a certain amount of good I think that comes with that, but there's also a lot of unknown, which makes this unknown. Uh, to them, exciting for me because you know if people start to discover this a little bit, it gives them a, a whole different perspective of how to maybe be thinking about things yeah. a little differently. And I think it weeds out a lot of the the trash, yeah, you know, that's out there. Um, not that, not that jujitsu for sport and tournaments and whatever else is it's freaking great, fucking awesome. I did it for years. Oh, it's awesome, right? I mean, all of those things, you know, I mean, getting your kids getting your kids into taekwondo or, you know, whatever at the local kung fu place. Keep doing that. Yeah. Keep doing that because those people will also realize like, okay, this is one thing of many things. Yeah. Uh, I think the other thing that's exciting about it is I think it leaves a, open like a whole other conversation for us to have another time. Oh, so <laughs> so, so here's how I want to end it. <laughs> Actually, you 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 made me think of this. I didn't have this planned. Um there are there are dudes in this industry right now. They're in this space that I, um, you know, I've kind of been looking at, you know, and they're only missing the combative piece. Mm. That's all they're missing. Mm. And I am going to make a big effort to turn them into that dude to reach out. Oh yeah, oh what's happening? Um, you know, and you, you know, how you do that is, is definitely, you know, it's, it's not going to be a phone call. Hey dude, you're really good at pistol and carbine. You're really <laughs> fast. You're really accurate. And you're, but. you're a grand wizard or master or whatever the fuck bullshit, you know, uh, you, you got it. 
here's what you're missing. That that's not the phone call. The phone call, you know, it's it, it's not. It's just you just show them. Hey, Amen. You know what this 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 problem and, and 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 there's a couple of dudes like that that and and one in particular that I've, I've I think I've I think I've almost got my hooks in. Him. Oh, nice. <laughs> and and if it happens, it's going to be. And I and I've talked to a couple of psyop guys about it, and it's like they're like, dude. I'm like, yeah, that's the guy. So that's it, it would be, you know, because here's the thing: it's just one more guy yeah. that can help us, and it's and now he now he's a complete guy. He is there's no there's no chinks in that dude's armor now. That is a way different way of building the circle, yeah, than how it typically goes. <laughs> right. Most people would not do that. <laughs> no, nobody does that, right. man. Nobody does that. It's like I give them enough, you know, like I show them these things on right. Instagram or. And I hope hope that they come to the trough, you know, yeah. to drink. Versus, no, I'm inviting you into the circle. Yeah, yeah. It's a tight circle, and and I'm not doing it in an insulting way. It's no. just like, hey, man, I, I have some things to share with you. And if, as what usually happens, happens once people get shown the yeah. stuff, which is how it's happened to me too. I was like, oh fuck, like well, I see, hadn't thought about yeah. that before. And it's like, yeah, I probably would do want to know a little bit more about this, and. And again, building the circle and building the, um, building the family, the tribe, uh-huh, this tribe yeah. the tribe that way is completely different than what's going on now. And once that tribe is built, if oh. done properly, Oh, it's, oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, uh, <laughs> because then it's interesting speaking of the word tribe. I don't know if you read that book by Sebastian. I have a tribe? copy of it actually. Um, uh, interestingly enough, uh, a person uh, that works at the VA gave it to me. I haven't read it yet, though. I'm, I, sh- I don't get a lot of time to read, man. I don't know, man. Throw, get it on audiobooks. And listen to it. Well, that's what I do when I drive. I, I it's only like two yeah. and a half hours long. Yeah. And that's how I usually consume stuff now, too, is I'll do it like on a drive or even a workout yeah. or a bike ride or whatever. I, I got the, through this one literally just on the it, – it just got recommended to me uh, by, by a friend, Joe. And I – Listen to it on the way in, way into to yeah, here. I need to do that. And it talks, it talks about what we're talking about right now yeah. in terms of how community and their people's commitment to that community and the reasons why they're committed to that and how that basically eliminates for a lot of reasons, read the book, why there is no infighting and why there is a high level of a respect and why that the, the, the biggest, um, like, I guess crimes you could commit would be by taking and not giving. Oh yeah, right. And, We're big into that. And by dishonoring, yeah. you know, the that that community by by basically by degrading it, yeah. by, by taking by taking away from it, and not respecting it. Yeah. And again, if you're building it in the way that that's what that's a tribe. So and we call, we call is. it ten thousand hands. Yeah. Okay. Because you know, I didn't I didn't invent any of that right. shit. Right. Right. It came. 20 years ago and 30 right. years ago and a hundred years ago and yeah. 500 years ago. And it, it goes all the way back to, you know, 10,000 10, people. I guarantee you there's 10,000 people that have an influence on it. Yeah. So we call it 10,000 hands because every time, you know, every time I draw my pistol, every time I draw my blade, I'm drawing it with 10,000 hands yeah. of prior knowledge in it. And that's, um, you know, but, uh, but again, I'm an obsessive dude in this place. So, I'm probably an oddball. <laughs> no, I, mean, I think there's a lot of obsessive dudes. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, again, that obsessive 
ness in a lot of ways. I think you were saying it earlier, but weren't saying it. I'll say it. You know, when you're talking about the moving stuff around into the attic, is there's a little bit of OCD there. Yeah. Right. And but the great ones, they all have a little bit of that. They yeah. all have a little bit of that little lady D, little OCD. Like there's a an obsession about being really good at something, and that, yeah. and and a lot of times that comes with I want to know everything there is to know about this, not just about getting from point A to point Z, but I want to know how do we even get to point A, right? Like, and what are all, what's the nuance between point A and point yeah. B? Um, but there's still so many people that are just like, just show me how to get to Z, man. Yeah. Like if I buy a lot of gear, I'll be a if Z. I, how much money will it cost me, right? Yeah. You know, how many, how much money will it cost me to get to point Z in this amount of time? Yeah without respecting the journey and yeah. any of the history or anything that goes into it. So that's fucking exciting. I, I would, you know, I think you'll know when it happens. I'm sure I probably, <laughs> will. I'm sure I probably will, but I think it also, and I think that opens up a whole nother, you know, conversation for another time, but yeah. um, damn Kyle, this is uh this is way more than I expected, man. Well, it was good. I didn't plan anything. I just came in here and started answering questions. So those are the best conversations. I think so. I those think are, so. those are the best conversations. I mean, Again, for for whatever reason, this did work out, and um, you know that we were able to sit here today. And uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the time you taking yeah. time out of your busy day. I mean, we talked about your schedule, how tight that is. Um, you came straight here, yeah, from training. From I still smell. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm probably stinking the place <laughs> up, but um, you know. And then you got to get up tomorrow and do it all yeah, over. I mean, it's, it's almost uh, fuck. It's almost eight o'clock where we're at, man. Yeah, um, you got to get up and do it all over again. And um, uh, again, man, like I'm honored that you're here, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for spending time with me. Yeah, you, man. I, the invite is is huge, man. I mean, any, you know, anybody that's got an interest in anything I do, I think that's that's humbling. I mean, it's uh, I appreciate it, and hopefully, dude's got something out of this. And um, yeah, man, I, I I appreciate it a lot. You know, I like what you do. You know, how many people you got? How many people listen to your podcast? It's got to be a lot. It's so it's this is a thing a funny thing about the the podcast game is we were talking about analytics earlier. There's so many different ways and people consume it in different ways. Like whether it's on, you know, so many people listen and w- watch through YouTube. So, right, right, and then right. We have you know downloads. You know, people you know download. I think the last so we'll, we'll run stats now about every quarter. I look at analytics all the time, but like it's too much to follow. So I think like. And we really got rolling in 2020, uh, to beginning of 2022. So over that year, we had over 40 million views and that amount of time. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it continues to grow. I mean, if you look at the Instagram thing, I think there's like 24, 25,000 followers, something like that. And, you know, there's nearly 60,000 followers on YouTube and wow. that kind of thing, subscriptions that it's, it's been a, it's been a weird journey. I have to be honest. I don't, I I just said, like, we look at them, we kind of calculate them every quarter um, because I didn't get into it to do it that way. Yeah. I got into it to have this conversation yeah. that we just had today. And with the, with the, I had a hunch that people would want to hear these and that they would find value in these. And it was really based on my own journey and wanting to know more and learn more. And this kind of, it was a newer space for me. And also I predicted, um, in my own mind that the, this, this thing looks a lot like the fitness industry did yeah. 10 or 15 years ago. Okay. Going back to what you you were saying about other people, I, 
and, and reaching out to other people, I saw the mistakes that were made. I was resistant to social media for a reason. And yeah. that was because I saw a bunch of douchebags doing a bunch of yeah. douchebag things. And I just didn't want to get involved in that. However, I did watch some people do a really good job with it and really deliver some good information. I just didn't feel worthy enough of trying to put stuff out to do it as good as they did or, or whatever else. And I, I also didn't understand it as much. So I had a hunch that this industry is following much in the same path and that if you play the long game here, it can be it could be a really good thing. And, yeah. and, and again, man, I, I don't know exactly know where it's going right now, but I did it for this for this conversation. That's awesome. So man. yeah, man, it's followers and listens and downloads and all that stuff. It's it's kind of all over the place. Um, I don't have a product to sell like from in the yeah. industry. Like I I have. We have, we have a gym. We sell some fitness products. We have some programs and stuff, and I hope people latch onto that. It's kind of the other side of the house when we talk about the podcast. But, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just I'm stoked to be here. So on that note, I mean, you're in the business of coaching people too. Um, I hope, and I know people will take value away from this. Good, uh, good. I, I hope so. I, I'm, I, I, I already know that. And, again, I wouldn't be sitting here if I didn't think that that was going to be the case anyways. Um and the listeners and the downloads and the falls and all the feedback that I get is generally almost always very positive. There's always the knuckleheads out there or whatever. I don't give a shit about that. Um, and so that, that, that's good validation. But that said, I mean, part of it also is, is too, is so that people understand the people that I'm sitting across from better. And so I hope that they got that. So if they want to know more about you, find out more about your classes, sure. you know, all that stuff, let's handle that business aspect right now. Where do they go, dude? Uh, just Google Kyle DeFore. Yeah, you'll get way more info than you ever wanted, I'm sure. Um, classes, so I, I am <laughs> fortunate enough that um, open enrollment classes sell out pretty quick. Okay. Um, I, I generally drop them around July. So, so you know, it was April, May, June, July. So three months from now, we will drop all the open enrollment classes okay. uh, for 2024. Uh, you, you've got a very limited time, time frame there. It could be five minutes. It could be 30 seconds. It could be 10 nice, minutes. Nice problem to have. It's not a bad problem to have. Of course, it does keep me on the road a lot. But, um, you know, follow social media. Uh, to see exactly the date when those classes drop. I'm all over the country, California, Texas, Wisconsin, Florida, everywhere in between. Uh, pretty much hit the same places that I've been hitting for the last, you know, 15, 18 years. And um, that's the the fairest way we've ever found to, to get guys in classes. So, so I would tell guys like, uh, mark it in your calendar or whatever, because it um, once we drop them, I do add a handful, say half a dozen to maybe eight throughout the year, which ends up kind of being like if I'm in a military job and it it's a, it, you know, it was a 10 day thing and I got the weekend off and I'm in Frisco. It's might like, as well teach. Might as well teach instead of going and drinking beer for freaking two days and <laughs> sitting in a hotel room. So, um, you know, those that's pop, the glamorous yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> those, those pop up every once in a while, but yeah, just so around July this year, just just take a look at it. Obviously, we're shadow banned on pretty much everything because it's a gun thing. Um, I got a YouTube. You'll find it to four performance. It is performance. It's just a. Mm-hmm. It's not a real word. I just made it up to try to be funny. I don't really take myself that seriously. So it's not performance. It's performance. I don't even know what it means. I made it up. Yeah, but um, that's the advantage of being in the business as long as you have. Like if you just put a D-E-F-O-O-R, you're yeah, going to get it. You'll usually get it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I post on Instagram every day. Um, you know, Facebook, it goes to Facebook. I don't really interact with Facebook because it's such yeah, a trash same, can. Same. Uh, the post goes there, though. Um, so, so, yeah, check it out, man, uh, on, on the IGs. So, uh 
Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, man. Again, man, can't can't uh, can't thank you enough for coming down, and um, I'm stoked to get this thing out. I'm not sure exactly when we'll have it. There's a lot of yeah. Let me know. There's a lot of stuff to put out, but I'll we'll make I'll, sure you I'll, get some I'll, stuff. I'll tell her by it's out there. I'm not going to listen to it because I can't <laughs> stand my own voice, which is driving me crazy with these headphones. You got the big voice though. You got the big DJ voice. <laughs> Welcome to Iron Sights yeah, Podcast. Yeah. Well, we'll close it out with that. Thanks for joining us <laughs> on right. Iron Sights Podcast with Kyle DeFore. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Yeah, see ya. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Iron Sights. If you enjoyed our conversation, you can support our mission by hitting the subscribe button, leaving a review, and sharing the podcast with a friend. I'll see you on the next episode.